Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. start off by giving love. Tyler, Gafiz, Fitness Rebel, Cedric, M. Reyes, Brandon, Daz, Tyler, Mood Swing Bella, Decoy. What is up, friends? Appreciate you hanging out, and I appreciate Fitness Rebel keeping Gunner in line. It's not easy. Somebody's got to do it. What's up, Jim G? What's up, Fandom Media? What is up, Derek Gunn? I'm Rob Ellis. Hi, everybody. We are Sports Take. What is up, Man Bar? Hi, Gunner. Hi, how are you? I thought you would call me Man Bar for a minute. I'm like, what? Anyway, let me that start. What was your nickname in high school? <laughs> no, I, I ain't going to tell you what my nickname was. But anyway, <laughs> um, let me start the show by saying, Fitness Rebel, I don't want to hear any mess from you today. <laughs> you hear early for once. Oh. You gonna jump up. She was in the she was in the chat before the show started talking about, I don't want to hear anything from D-Gun. Well, you gonna fired. Okay. You're going to hear from D-Gun today. <laughs> Fitness Rebel, get him. Get him, Fitness Rebel. What's Woo! up, Nova Signs? What oh, is man. up, MC? Hope everybody's good, man. We, oh, my we goodness. You guys. Yeah. Dude, like, I love You know what? Yeah. Um, for the most part, Rob, and we've said this a number, number of times, I love our chat group, man. We got some really good, witty people in here. You get a few bad eggs in anything you're doing <laughs> like sure. history, and you just ignore those. But for the most part, man, we got a great crew. We do. We have, a good, we have a good bunch, man. We have a good Dude. bunch. Yeah. What's up? What's up, Tyrone? What's up, everybody? Hope everybody's good. Mood Swing well, Bella, a.k.a. Maggie. Today? Huh? How are you today? I'm, I'm good, man. Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, okay, so how can I not be good? The Phillies win last night. Let's start there. Eagles are 4-0, and about to take on the Rams in Los Angeles, back at practice today. I'm doing good, man. If you can't be up when that's the case, you can't be up. But, Six yeah, it was great. Camp. <laughs> What's that? Sixers are in training camp. Don't do that. Don't see. Don't don't try and. That's that's what you do. So you get me excited. And you know you're like you're like the guy like I'm climbing up the ladder, and you're the guy who's supposed to be be footing my ladder, and you knock my ladder out, and you knock me down. It's not cool. Not a good look, Derek. What's up, John Dickerson? What's up, Mario? Oh, um, yeah. So I um, no, oh, I mean look, I, 
I had a, I told you yesterday, I, I thought Wheeler was going to do what Wheeler usually does. And he came out and he was brilliant last night, man. He My, was awesome. Man, that was vintage Wheeler right there. He was, yeah. he was simply, he was, uh, the Marlins were way overmatched against yes. Wheeler. That's it a good was, way to put it. Yeah. He was, he was, they were overmatched. And man, he gave, what did we project? If he gave us seven innings, two runs, two runs. we'd be good. Oh, he yep. exceeded that. And then yeah. some. You, know, you he just got to knew it. The- Eric, he had the whole array. He had everything yes. going last night. The whole repertoire was was there last night. And how about that crowd, dude? It was like a football playoff game from start it, to finish. Here's when you know the crowd's crazy. Skip Schumacher made mention of it. The, the Marlins manager after the game basically yes. said, yeah, that was – it was loud. Like that yes. – because here's the thing, man. I swear to God. I, I went to a game. So my mother-in-law lives in Pompano Beach, right? Okay. So we went down to visit her summertime and I'm like, this was maybe four or five years ago. The Marlins had just opened that new park. It was pretty new. I don't know if it was the first okay. year or the second year. Okay. So, you know, we, we had a night where we weren't doing much. I'm like, let's take, take a ride over. It's like, it's probably, I don't know, an hour, 45 minutes from where she lives, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So we ride yeah. over and we go, it wasn't, a, the Phillies weren't playing the Marlins. I forget who they're playing, but we go to a game and, and Derek, I'm telling you, like, very nice. I mean, like you could eat off the floor kind of nice, right? Yeah. It felt like you were in a mall. It felt like I was walking around in the King of Prussia mall. It was like and a library. It was dead quiet. Uh, didn't feel like a baseball game. So my point is, they're you and I know they play on the road too, but they're used to playing in, in places like that. And that is the opposite yeah. of what Citizens Bank Park is. Um, in a time that that stadium has been built, um, sporadically you might see a, the Marlins on a game of a week or something like that. Um, and you look at the crowd base, they're lucky to get 15, 16,000 on the regular. Yeah. But when the team gets to the playoffs, all of a sudden the stadium's filled. See, Miami reminds me a lot of San Diego. There's so much else to do. Right. There's so many people that are not from that city that the, the fan base is watered down. But then everybody finds it the fashionable thing to do when playoffs uh, come around, yeah. you know. Yep. Uh, and jump on the bandwagon. Um, I feel bad for the Marlins because every four to five years, they do field a good team. Yeah. And, you know, let's face it, you know, they, they become a story every four or five years getting to the playoffs and a few times going deep into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, you're right. That's a lot of money they spent on that stadium for a, a marginal fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Of- no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And so, I, look, I thought – Crowd was great. Really nice touch having Reese Hoskins throw out the first pitch. That was cool. Uh, you could tell how much he appreciated it. You know, was giving Philadelphia a lot of love. Yes. You know, that was that was a nice, good work by the Phillies to have him do that. Uh, he still has hope of playing in the World Series, Derek, if they get there. You know, we'll see. He, he wow. tore his knee up in, in March. That would be a quick uh, comeback. But he's going down to Fleer, Clearwater today, actually, to face live batting practice. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean – the, the announcer said last night they were watching him in BP and he was hitting home runs all over the place, left, right. Yeah. yeah. So what? yeah, maybe he could DH. I don't know. It gives you a bat off the bench. If you get that far, I, I it would be unbelievable. It would really would be unbelievable. But if he, if he DHs, who sits? That's the problem. Maybe you play Schwarber and left, but you hurt your defense that way. I mean, he, Rob Thompson pushed every right button, Derek. He starts Pache and left and arise on the, the very first batter. Yes. It's a sinking line drive that Pache read perfectly, yes. makes the catch, and then he ends up having a hit later in the game. Uh, you know, it was uh, 
was a good game. Like the only thing that worried you about the game was you felt like you were letting them hang around. Like the Phillies should have blown them out of the water early. I thought they would have in the first inning. They get the first two batters on. They get nothing. I'm thinking, here we go. Yep. It's going to be one of those games. Um, and then when, when the Marlins made it 3-1, I said, here we go. Mm-hmm. This team is the most dangerous. It, it's weird as it is. They're the most dangerous team in, in, in baseball when it comes to close games. Mm-hmm. You know, and luckily. They are. They are great in one-run games. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. And luckily, uh, Castellanos' very next inning uh, drives in that fourth run. The, the, the defining moment for me in the game, or the highlight for me, is when Bryce Harper runs through the stop sign and scores, and he pumps his fist at the plate. You th- you'd have thought they won the World Series that game. I'm like, you know, because Schwarber was held up earlier, and you could tell Schwarber was frustrated by it. Yes. The third base coach looked at him and talked to him. But Harper said, you ain't stopping me. No. He took off, and, he, and the crowd goes nuts. He gets up pumping his fist. MC, MC says, I wish I watched baseball. Y'all make it sound too exciting. MC, do yourself a favor. Jump on the bandwagon and just watch the Phillies run during the playoffs. Yeah. That's all you got to do. That's what I would I, – I agree with Derek. So, yeah. two, so two things on that. It, it, playoff baseball is way different than the regular season. Every pitch counts. Everything is 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 heightened. Yes. So it, it, it's it's a big deal. The other thing is games are way faster now. Like that Phillies game was over before 11 o'clock and probably didn't start till about 8, 10, 8, 15. I don't know what time exactly it went off. So the games are a lot. The pace of the game now is way quicker. Major League Baseball was down almost a half hour from, from the previous season. So baseball did a smart thing with the pitch clock. It's worked out. The yep. game is much easier to digest. If There's a lot more action as opposed to, to some of the, you know, just, just wasted time. So that, that, I would say get on it, just enjoy it. And it, look, if it's not your thing, I get it too. But I'm telling you, baseball, playoff baseball is fun. And this Phillies team is fun on top of it. I mean, you got guys like Harper who play baseball like football. You know what I mean? If, if I yeah. could put it any other way. And, and like uh, like I mentioned to Scott Lorber yesterday, as I'm so glad they've gone back to the dr- traditional format of no automatic runners. Luckily, no games went oh. into extra innings last night. But I, I, I hate ghost, that automatic runner on second base when you get the extra inning. You know, I hate yeah. that. I, I agree. Cool. I think that's smart. I do. And you're right. You bring it up. Dusty Wathen, third base coach, had a tough night, man. So first yeah, he inning, he holds Schwarber on, on a ball. I know Schwarber's not fast, but you got to send him there. And, and then, you know, he waves Castellanos, who was out, you know, pretty handily. And a great yeah. throw by Chaz uh, Chisholm, too. It was a great throw. No question. But, and then Harper's just like, no, dude, I'm not yeah. stopping. And, you know, it blows right through it. So it was a tough night for the third base coach, for sure. But it's always good to be have a tough night when your team wins. It's like the Eagles 4-0 start. Is everything yeah. perfect? Nope. But did you win? Did you figure out a way to overcome it? Yep. I mean, the, the takeaways from the game are Wheeler was awesome. Uh, you, you got contributions from all over the lineup. Rojas, Pache, Castellanos, man. He doesn't look like the same hitter that he looked like you know, last year. Nope. He, he certainly jumped on him right away with two doubles. Uh, Turner looked really good. A couple of hits and, and two stolen bases. Some nice plays in the field and and props to the bullpen. You know, Alvarado came into a little bit of a jam yes, did. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the seventh, did his job into the eighth, and then Hoffman. We 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 asked the question: Is he going to be afraid to use Hoffman in big spots? He used him in a big, pretty big spot last night, and then Kimbrel makes you sweat a little bit, but he did close the door. Dude, Kimbrel still worries me. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Um, so, so Rob, you are officially um, 
on the Degon Castellanos wagon now? I am. Your yeah, official am. member? I am. I'd say he he's I've said it all year. He's played a really and John, he wasn't flipping the bird. John Dickerson, no, he wasn't he, flipping the bird. He no. was he what what they're and I know it looks like it does look like it, but there it's this finger. It's the ring, the ring finger, finger, and they're pointing yeah. to the ring like we want to win a ring. So yeah. just for, for what it's worth, it's not a big deal. But um no, I am. And he's played a very good right field. He's really improved himself. Uh, I yeah. give him a lot of props. The, the guy works, man. He does. He got uh, back to that guy who was with Cincinnati. That's the guy who I was waiting to see. We yeah. saw that in the latter stages of last season, and it's carried over for the most part all of this season. He yep. has been Mr. Steady, uh, both at the plate and in the field for this team all season long. He's done yeah. a really good job. I agree. Yeah. With he's done a really good job. Yeah. And, 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 uh, Daz, you're right. Bohm always delivers with men on. He is yeah. he is clutch. He is clutch with runners in scoring position. The Phillies were bad last night. They were three for 14 as a team, but Bohm delivered in a big spot for them. So, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be – I'll tell you, I, and believe it or not, Derek, and maybe I'm just being a prisoner of the moment here, but I'm going to say it right now. I think Noel is going to pitch well tonight. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I, I, do. Haven't, heard I, you say, I haven't heard you say that in months. I'm feeling pretty good about Noel. And you know what? Shame on me. I didn't even give you a countdown. Seven hours oh, and 54 minutes we are we are away from, from first pitch tonight. You also you also missed another uh, a pertinent uh, moment on this show that you disappointed me. Oh, no. Because on Wednesdays, what do you normally start the show with by saying? Hump day! There you go. See? I know. I'm slapping, man. I need you to. Off. I need you to hold me accountable, Derek. Look, you're a little off kilter because you're excited about the Phillies' big win tonight. I get that. I get it. It's true. You know, um, I'm off my you, game. I need to step. I need to get in playoff form, Derek. It's not acceptable. I got to do a better job, as Andy would say. Eight hours. You are correct. So let me think. Game, game is at eight o'clock. So I'm sorry. It's eight hours and fifty seven ish minutes. Thank you, Daz. You know what, everybody. I owe you all a big apology. I need to step my game up. My countdown clock is off. I didn't give you a hump day. Let me give you a, let me just <clears throat> hump day. <laughs> right, I just pulled something. You sound like hold you on. have bronchitis. Hold on. Oh, hold on. I might be, I might be on the IR after that. No, uh, but no, I thought it was, look, they played very, very well last night. I like, I like what I saw. I want to see them clean up the runners in scoring position. You know, obviously let's get, let's get it together you know, with the third base coach, but, but all in all, a lot of good signs. We're going to talk to Anthony Sanfilippo who covers the Phillies for crossing broad. He's going to join us uh, at one o'clock. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so let me give you a sixer thing real quick. Gunner with uh, Here we go. one of them. Here we Harden go. actually arrived uh, at Colorado state where they're, where they have, they're holding their training camp. Now he's expected to practice later today. Keep in mind, you know, they're mountain time. So it's only nine 15. Excuse me, in, in, in Colorado. So, but he is expected to practice. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. How do you walk? How do you walk into that facility after what you've done this summer? How do you do that? Because you're making now the team his teammates are going to embrace him because that's what teammates do. You embrace your fellow, yeah, you know, uh, your fellow teammates. Jim's but, giving me heat now. <laughs> I know. John Dickerson says Rob is the first guy to pull a groin from <laughs> Oh my God! Yes, it's true. It's true. All right. Um, um, but how do how do you walk into that facility after all the venom you spit out this past summer towards management? Now you know Morey's going to be there. You know yeah. Elton Brand's going to be there. 
You're all going to be there. So do you have a closed door meeting first before he steps on the court or do you just stay away from him altogether? That's a very touchy situation, especially for Maury. How do you approach this? Because anything that you say to James Harden or James Harden says to him, it's going to escalate. Honestly, Derek, if I'm Maury, if I'm anybody from the front office, I'm staying away from him. I think Nick Nurse just has to say, hey, look, hey, man, I get you have your issues. You're still a sixer. I just need everything you got. You know, it'll benefit both of us. If you play well, it helps the team. If you play well, it helps your trade options. But I need you. I can't have, I can't have you being a distraction here. I honestly, that's what I would do. I would have Nick. If I'm Nick, I talk to him. If I'm anybody else, I just leave him alone. I, I, I think that's the best way to go with this thing. If you're, if you're the Sixers, and and obviously, like you said, the players are all going to give him love. They, yes. they look at it like it's a business. And you already heard Pat Beverly say it. You know, hey, you know, when he gets here, if he comes, he comes. You know, he's our teammate. Yeah, you know, gives a traditional teammate yeah. answer. But um, how do you approach him um, if you're Nick Nurse in terms of when, you, when you're trying to implement your, your new offensive and de- defensive concepts, and every coach, I don't care what level it is, there's a point in a practice, you stop, you yell at everybody, you point out, James, I need you over here, and Bean, I need you over here. Yeah. You know, how much of that will James take before it's like, who, man, who you think you're talking to? That's stuff, that kind of stuff, see? I almost wonder if it's I, – I think it's an advantage that Nick Nurse – like if it was still Doc, then it might even be more of an issue. Like like Nick's just basically like – you know, he's got to say to him like, dude, I'm here. I'm trying to establish a culture. I want to win. Um, you know what I mean? I, I think you have to just level with him and just say, I get your situation. I understand, you know, the business part of it. But as long as you ha- you're, you're property of the Sixers, I need you here, man. I think it's – what else can you do, Derek? I mean, beyond that – if you try to level with a man to man and he still wants to act like a jerk, then it's just like, there's nothing you can do as a, you, you try to be upfront with the guy. You try to be straight up with him, And if he still wants to act like that, then that's on him at that point. I've seen this happen too many times, Rob. In, in my years of covering sports, I've seen this happen too many times in a variety of sports where you have one player who's unhappy about a situation to the point coach and the organization have, have, have to ask them, can you please just stay 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 away for right now? Stay yeah. away. Yeah. Now, prime example. Look at what's going on with Chicago with Chase Claypool. Exactly. They told him to stay home Sunday. Bears have to play Thursday night. They told him don't even show up for the game Thursday night. Yeah. I've seen this happen too many times. Mm-hmm. You know this this um, it's a it's a very uncomfortable situation for all parties involved except the one entity that created created this problem. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yep. Now, if I he agree. is a real professional. Even though whether he believes Maury lied to him or not, whether he's unhappy that he didn't get traded or not, the bottom line is you're getting $35 million to play a season of basketball. Yep. And you're playing for a team that has a chance, a very good chance, not only get to the playoffs, possibly get past the second round. I don't see it happening with the way Milwaukee and Boston have stacked their roster now. But there's a chance. As we know in playoffs, sometimes the best team doesn't yeah. always win it. True. You know, and the team gets hot. Yeah. So in the bigger scheme of things, I don't care what your feelings are. I don't care if you're playing in Beirut. You're playing in Beirut, Bangladesh. You're paying me $35 million. I'm happy as could be. Yeah. I think everything you said is, man, dead on. The, the other thing, I, the only thing that I would add to that is you don't have many years left here playing basketball. Like, is this how you want to go? You want to do this now at 30-some-odd years where you you got maybe two or three years left in the league? Yeah. So 
But I don't know that you can appeal to him on that level, Derek. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he fools us all and he comes in and he, and he just keeps his mouth shut and he keeps his head down and he plays like a pro. If he does, I'll give him props. But I don't, I don't see it happening. I think he's going to be a distraction. I do. I, I, think, I think it may be peaceful for, oh, maybe a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll but see. you know something's coming, man. I agree. Uh, uh, to answer decoy gaming, it's interesting yes, question. Yeah. Would you guys trade for Clay? I'm hearing a lot of bad stuff about Claypool. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I I think he's got talent. He's got size, but it, it's not a coincidence. Pittsburgh kind of ran him out, and now it's what's happening in Chicago. I think I think there's more than just talent going on with this guy. Um, I wouldn't trade anything significant for him. He's a talented young young player. Um, maybe maybe the culture. In, in Philadelphia, yeah, could get him to st- step in line. You know, um, a guy who comes in here not expected to do much other than be a third or fourth possible receiver, and he has a chance to be on a team that could win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, maybe you know, you look at where the Bears are. The Bears are going nowhere fast. They're going to be in line for the top pick in the draft next year. You know, but still, you put a bad, bad resume out there in terms of not practicing hard going through the motions. He gave half-hearted efforts in games when he's supposed to be blocking for running backs. And that's another part of the problem. You know, you're uh, right. It's not just off the field. The on the field effort isn't there. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. 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 So um, what I I don't look, I don't think it's crazy. Let me put it this way. I don't, you're right. If you're giving a conditional seventh rounder, I I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I would think about, I think about it. I'm listening to anything. Like I know Randy Gregory is uh, about to be released. how is yeah. Randy Gregory cut by Denver? That's how bad it's going for Denver. Because yeah. look at the money they paid Randy Gregory in, in, in when Dallas – I'll never forget that when Dallas thought they had a deal with Randy Gregory. Oh, yeah. And at the last second, he mm-hmm. signs with Denver because Denver upped the offer and left da- da- Dallas standing there with, 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 with their mouths hanging open. Yep. Um, Randy Gregory is a good player, but if, if, if Sean Payton gets rid, got rid of him – see, when, when things are going bad, What's the first thing to do? Coaches identify who the problem is. Yep. Now, is Randy Gregory a problem because he doesn't have it in the scheme they want to play, or is Randy Gregory a problem because he's whispered he wants out of there? See, mm-hmm. um, if I was the Eagles, I'd look at him. Yeah, sure. I'd give him, I'd give him a look. Doesn't hurt to look. I tell you this right now, he'd be much better addition than Robert Quinn was last year. <laughs> I tell you that much right now. That's a low bar, Derek. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right, so, yeah, so let, a couple Eagles things. The Eagles news of the day, uh, yesterday, actually, they they signed Bradley Roby to the practice squad, 31 years old. He's made 60 starts in the NFL. He's played a lot of slot. Um, he may actually started 10 games last year. Uh, he got cut in camp this year, so he was available. Who Look, cut him? Who cut him? Dennis I, Allen? Uh, it was, I thought it was New Orleans. Um, yeah, Dennis Allen. Right, correct, yep. Okay. Yeah, so I, I just wonder, uh, you know, what after all these years, what's he got left is a good question. You know, you got him for nothing. You brought him on the practice squad. It can't hurt you, at least from that standpoint. And he's not he's, he's making the league minimum. I have uh, I have my reservations about Roby. Um, yeah. And when I found out that they signed him, I went to a source that I, I have a lot of respect for. I said, what do you think about this? And initially said, I can't believe that happened. And I'm like, okay, thank you for confirming it. If you look at, he's serviceable, but 
I don't know if he's going to be the answer in the slot. I really don't. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, when you look at what's out there, and supposedly he took the Eagles offer over several teams who were interested in him because he said he wants to help the Eagles win a Super Bowl. That's okay. That's not bad. Now he's he's thirty one. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much he's got left in the tank, Rob. Based on what I've heard about him, uh, but we're going to see. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I hope I'm wrong in this situation, but uh, when I confirmed it with somebody else, um, it was confirmation of what I was thinking initially. Yeah, so they we, weren't. They weren't yeah. thrilled. Yeah, yeah we, we'll see what happens. You know. You know maybe what I think? It. Guy. No, uh, maybe a new environment gives him a different type of energy. Maybe this scheme is better suited for what um, his his uh, skill level compared to what it was down in New Orleans. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that they might get him in here, look at him in practice and say, uh-uh, you know, this isn't happening. Or, yeah. no, it also tells you they're, let's, let's face it, they need some help. Um, and, and we're going to get into grades in a little bit, Derek, we're going to grade the defense. We're going to grade the offense, you know, who's looked good, who's been you know disappointing thus far. And we're basically almost at the quarter pole here with the 17 games. There's not quite an exact quarter pole, but, um, yeah, I think it speaks to some of the things that they need. Yeah. Let, let me, let me add this also. Um, yeah. making a move like this tells me they were far from satisfied with the production from the slot and they finally realized what we have been saying for weeks and me in particular, I don't want to see James Bradbury in the slot. That's not his forte. Bradbury needs to be a back on the outside exclusively. He's not a slot corner. Yeah. You know, um, put put Bradbury back on the outside where he needs to be. And obviously based on people who are injured um, and what they've gotten from that spot, they're not happy with it. And therefore they made the move to bring Bradley Roby in. I hope, it, I hope Roby can give them, you know, could, could he be the next Patrick Robinson who came in here? And people wonder, remember from 2017, yeah. Robinson came in here and played well for him and had that big pick six in the, in the, in the uh, NFC Championship game against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Could he be the, Patrick Robinson? I don't know. Could he be CJ, GJ? You know, I, I don't know. But based on everything I've heard, it's a wait and see issue with him in terms of what he has for this defense. All right. Yeah. And I, if you, if in listening, I went back and listened to Sean Desai yesterday after the show and he was asked about Bradbury being in the slot and, and you could even tell like, again, I'm sort of just reading between the lines, but it, it seemed to me like he was intimating that they even felt like they had Bradbury in the slot a little bit too much. So I think they ideally want to get him back outside, obviously with Slay and they're still trying to, that's a work in progress. That slot position. It's that was a big loss. Avante Maddox is, is, is you know, when you, Yeah. I mean, just simply because of what he does, it's not an easy, so many teams use three wide out, four wide out sets. Now you need at least three good corners and that's a tough one. It's a tough break. Moving Bradbury to the slot weak in the outside because Job, and it's not a knock knock against Job. Job is just inexperienced. Yeah. Weak in the outside. And and, and they finally realized we need Bradbury where he's best suited for what we, what we run here back in the outside. So now, is by trial and error. Now, when Sidney Brown gets back, maybe Sidney Brown is the slot guy. Who knows? Um, but he's not quite healthy yet. We'll see this week if he's healthy enough to play against the Rams uh, this coming Sunday. But, you know, it, now it's a trial and error. By making this move, it tells me that the Eagles are going through trial and error in terms of trying to find somebody that can come close to holding that spot down. 
Yes. Yep. All right. Let's get a timeout. Let's do those grades when we come back, Derek. As I mentioned, Anthony Sanfilippo is going to join us at one o'clock to further the Phillies discussion. But when we come back, we're, we're going to grade a couple things. We'll start with the offense. Okay. And uh, well, first we're going to name who's the MVP through four games for the team. Uh, we'll give coaching Ooh. grades out and that includes Sirianni and all the coordinators. We'll give Jalen Hurts a grade running backs, receivers, offensive line. We'll do that. Then we'll look over at the defensive side after that. So we'll do all those things. We've got our usual NFL segment as well. A lot of stuff on baseball, some other things that we'll, we'll do uh, throughout the course of the day. So we got a lot in store for you. And if you're just hopping on for, for some reason you missed uh, earlier this week, um, we're now 11 to two every single day, uh, 11 Eastern to two Eastern as opposed Yay. to 12. and tell a friend, tell a friend. Tell right. a friend. Hey, hey. Hit the like button. Thank you guys Please. yesterday for hitting that like button. Keep hitting that like button. You know what? Uh, Chris D, Fitness Rebel, stay on them. All you guys, John Dickerson, stay on them about hitting the like button, man. Uh, yeah, the, the more it's, likes, it's not an ego thing. The more likes, the more exposure that the show gets. It's it's yeah. it's better for all of us. So uh, that's that's what it amounts to. All right, so we'll be right back. Uh, wait, wait, don't wait, go wait. anywhere. Yeah, one question real quick, real quick. Yes. I got to answer this question. John Dickerson, question of the day. Has Trish bought the Halloween candy yet? And how much has Degon eaten so far? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a good question. First of all, she has not bought, bought the Halloween candy. Therefore, John, I've had none. Okay? My all suggestion right. to Trish would be get it October 30th at uh, midnight and hide it. That way, there will be some left for the kids. That would be my suggestion. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Although I will say, I do have a weakness for the Reese Cup, the mini Reese Cup. Oh, <laughs> oh the, the mini. mini I like the Reese yeah. Cup in the freezer. I yes. like it or yes. the fridge. It's, oh my God, it's so good. Yes. So good that way. Yeah, I'm with you. You see, I'm you and you. I, again, right here. Yes. Right here. Yes. Yes. Oh, now you got me. Now, now I'm craving a little. All right. We'll see if we get through this. You know what you can do? I got. I have a good suggestion for you if you're hungry. All right. You go to Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Been going there since I was a kid. They've been family owned since 1985. You got Alex, who, who Derek got a chance to meet uh, on Sunday. You got Alex and the crew in there seven days a week doing their thing. Unbelievable choices. So Bravo Pizza of Havertown has 20 different styles of pizza. Slices to go. Uh, they have the Upside Down, which I love, a.k.a. the Grandma. Uh, they have specialized pizza any way you want it also. But if you're not up for pizza, they have pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, also salads. All right. And Bravo Pizza of Havertown is committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They are located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. You can give them a call right now, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, welcome back. Appreciate it. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us on this Wednesday. That's the D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you. Gunner, so I one thing I, I forgot to mention before we get to the birds. Uh, so I mentioned the Sixers are holding their training camp at Colorado State. I thought this was cool. So yesterday, yep. they went over to Boulder and visited with Dion. A couple Didn't of guys, really? including Joel Embiid. Yeah, very cool. Wow. Let me tell you something, man. And I said this several times. Did you ever think in your lifetime we would be sitting here talking about Colorado football as the epicenter of college football in any given time in our lifetime? And this is even including back when he had Eric Bieniemy. They were good back in the day, yeah. They were good back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Never thought Boulder, Colorado would be the epicenter of college football for any. No, NBA teams are making stops at at, at (laughs) at the university before they begin their training camp. No, I didn't. You got, I, I really you got little Wayne walking out with the team rapping as he leads him out of the tunnel. The rock shows up unexpectedly. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, all kind of entertainers. 
you know, Stephen A. Smith and, and Shannon Sharp walked out of the tunnel with the. I'm like, everybody wants to be a car, part of this. And even though they've lost two in a row, it's still it's still Bedlam in well, Boulder. They're starting games in Los Angeles at 9 a.m. Yes. On a Saturday because they want that audience. They want that noon East, Eastern. East Coast audience. Yes. Yeah, it's it's it is. It's wild, man. It really 9 a.m. college football game. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, all right, uh, let, let's talk some Eagles. Because look, we're four games in, Derek. It's still very early, but y- you all, you always like to sort of check in quarterly and, and kind of and breaking it down into four quarters. I know it's a little bit off with the seventeen games, but but close enough. You, you like to assess, kind of take a step back. Look, the first thing that jumps out is you. They're four and zero. Okay, that that first and foremost. I'm glad you said that. Now, I don't yeah. mean to cut you off, but um, yesterday, Nick Sirianni. We can't be any better than we are right now at 4-0. Do I debate that we don't look good? Yeah, I would. But 4-0 is 4-0. It's true. Plain and simple. That's what the head coach. Couldn't agree more. I'd rather have problems being undefeated than have problems in being winless. You see what I'm saying? That's the big thing. Like, it's a lot easy to correct things when you're 4-0. It's a lot easy to deal with things. You, you can make sure you're doing things the right way when that's the case. Sometimes you don't make hasty right. decisions, you know, when that's the case. And and really, when you think about it, there's something to having that winning trait, even yes. when you're not playing your A game. And you know, when you can go to plan B or C or do just enough to dig in and get by. And you know what? A little adversity during the regular season isn't the worst thing in the world either. No. It, it, it builds you up for when it gets – you're going to deal with that stuff in the playoffs, man. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm you're you. going to deal with that when you get to the middle of this schedule. Exactly. You're going to have to – look, they're going they're likely going to lose two in a row at some point. And I know everybody's going to lose their mind when that's the case, but they'll oh, be all right. Should. This team's built for the long haul. They are. You shouldn't have said that. Now you ticked off Eagles fans. Here we go. Better you than me. I know. I said it. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I could take the heat. Um no, but I, I think, too, the other thing that – and that definitely is the bottom line. But we've seen, too, they can win in a variety of ways. They can win throwing the ball like they did against Washington. They can win yeah. running the ball like they did against Tampa and Minnesota. You know, they can take the ball away, which they were doing really early in the season yeah. very well. The defensive line we know is, is is strong. So there's a lot of different ways that they can beat you. All right, but so so let's look at this, Derek. So we are through, through four games. Yeah. If I said to you <clears> – <throat> Who's the team's MVP? Oh, geez. Because think about it. Last year, uh, you remember every question we had last year, we'd say, all right, excluding Jalen Hurts, because yes. it was just such a runaway with that, right? Yes. I would, uh, I'll give you my answer, but I want to hear yours first. But I will tell you, oh, mine is not Jalen Hurts, but who, who would be your MVP through four games? Uh, Man, you're putting me on the spot. It's here. not easy. That's I, this is why I think uh, it's interesting because you could go a lot of ways. I would have to say, if you're going to twist my arm, DeAndre Swift. That's who I would go with. It's crazy. That's who I would go with too, because I think he. I don't want to say single handedly because it wasn't single handedly, but he had a huge influence on on the Minnesota win and the Tampa win. Absolutely huge. That man went up over 300 yards rushing in two games. Exactly. He's number two in the league in rushing right now. We yes. think, do you think that would be the case through four nope. games? Nope. So, and, and and I'm also impressed at his style of running. It's, yes. it's, he's not afraid to hit it up the middle. He's not afraid to, he's not always looking to pop it outside. 
Um, and he also showed you last week that he can catch the ball. You know, that that's another area. I think that he's, he, he's, we knew he was good at that, but they're starting to implement that into the game plan. So yeah, I, here's the interesting part though, Derek, I think you can make a case for Swift for AJ Brown for Jalen Carter. Yep. Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham's had a, yeah, amazing. Uh, Fletcher Cox has been awesome. Yes. Every single game. He's and I'll throw one. Yeah. Jake Elliott's been huge. Great money. Yes. 61 yarder, 54 yarder. He's been Mr. Automatic for the team. You're right. There's a, there's a whole list, um, a whole list of players we could debate on them being. And Jake Elliott has to be a serious consideration, you know, for that as well. Um, Man, that's that's a great topic to discuss, but you know, push comes to shove. I'm I'm gonna stick with Swift okay. because of what he's done. Now, what he's doing here, I'm not surprised because we saw samples of it in Detroit. We just didn't see it in such an expanded role as he's done here. You know, all of his touches in Detroit were like a, a specialist, you know, cer- certain downs and distance. He wasn't, you know, carrying the ball 28 times a game, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um here. You know, he's had back-to-back great performances. Now, you know, Washington did a better job of corralling him for the most part, but yeah. he had a couple of nice plays when they needed him most. Yeah, he's in, solid. In Washington, but he's yeah. still solid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll stick with Sean Pay- uh, oh, Sean Payton, the DeAndre Swift. Okay. Yeah. I, and, look, the, the great thing is you could you, you could make a case for the rookie, for Jalen yep. Carter. Sure you can. Uh, Fletcher Cox, who a lot of people thought they overpaid to bring back, has had an awesome year so far. Um, you know, we, we, we kind of knew – you know what AJ Brown is, but he's actually taken his game to another level. Like he's on pace to have better numbers than he had last year, Derek, and he had great numbers last year. Yeah, and, and it's all based on that one game. You know, he wasn't he didn't get that many looks the first three games, but all of a sudden in one game he just blew up and became the AJ we expected him to yep. be. If he can consistently do that, you're right. He's going to exceed 1496 last year based on the new projections. And obviously we look at projections every couple of weeks to see where they are. Yeah. Um, but yes, if the, if that's the AJ we're going to get the rest of the season, he, he's he's going to have close to seventeen hundred yards receiving. Yeah, and 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 by the way, by, at the end of the year, if DeAndre Swift plays all seventeen, his numbers are going to be nasty too. He he's just consistent. Oh my goodness, you know, it hasn't good. flashed as much, but he delivers almost every single week. He's yes, good. yes. Yeah. Um, he's going to be a thousand yard rusher, and I didn't think there was any way an Eagle uh, would be a thousand yard rusher this year. And yeah. I still believe as the season goes on that they're going to scale back some of his touches and have Gainwell. You know, they love Gainwell, and Gainwell's going to get, you know, his touches as long as he's healthy. Oh, yeah. And eventually Boston Scott's going to get a few touches and take some pressure off these guys as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but when you look at the numbers he's putting up with the touches he gets, he, he could possibly have a 1,000-yard season. Yeah, no question about it. All right, so let, let, that's the MVP discussion. Let's give out coaching grades, Derek. Let's look at Sirianni. Brian Johnson, Sean Desai, and Michael Clay. Um, I, I, look, I'll I'll start with Nick. I'm going A minus. I can't drop him to a B when his team's four and zero. There have right. been a, a couple of things. I you know if he really was the one who overrode Brian Johnson on that running play uh, with Gainwell, where it was third and eleven. I didn't love that. I'm not holding all that against them, but I'm just I'm just saying like I I think there's room for improvement. Hence the A minus. But they're still undefeated, so there's no way I, I I can't at least it could be some connotation of an A. But where do you fall with Sirianni? I'm, I'm with you. Um, have they been perfect? No. Have they had flaws? Yes. 
but they've adapted when they've had to adapt. They've still found a way to get to this point right now. Um, I can't, I can't give him anything lower than an A minus right now, even though he knows he's first and foremost, at least he's honest enough to admit it. Do we need to improve in certain areas? Yes, we do. But Hey, it's all, it's awfully nice to, to work on the improvements when you're un, unblemished and when you're winless. So yeah, I'm going to go with you and say a minus as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's go Brian Johnson then let's stay there, uh, on, on the, on the offense. Um, I would say, you know, Brian, Brian, I would probably go B minus only because I, I, I have only seen one game out of the four where the, where the passing game felt like it was clicking. Um, I like where I'll give him credit is he, he saw that the running game was effective. He went to it and he pounded it. I love that. He didn't try and get cute with it. He just wrote it. But Dallas Goddard being as quiet as he is, not feeling like Jalen is totally in a rhythm right now. Again, it's early. I get it. I'm going to go B minus right now for Brian Johnson. And that's a little bit of a tough grade, maybe because it is his first year. But wh- where do you where do you fall on him? I'm, a, I'm on the teeter-totter between um... – B minus C plus um, because it's an evolving, it's evolving uh, job description for him. We've had a lot, we had a lot of questions about his play calling the first two games. Um, he, he, he got smart and went to the ground game. Um, I'm trying to be lenient with him because I think Jalen uh, has been a part of the problem. Also look at how many open receivers. It's like he's tried to force feed certain receivers and he has clearly missed wide open guys on the checkdowns. Yep. So I'm not going to put it all on him. There's a good portion of it that falls on him, but I'm going to teeter totter. I'm going to leave him room for improvement. So I'm going to give him the C plus. You went B minus. I'll give him the C plus. All right. All right. Uh, let's go decide. Uh, you know, we've certainly seen the interior defensive line do their thing. Um, the edges are starting to come along here. The linebackers, I give him props. You know, he's getting more out of Morrow and Zach Cunningham than I thought he was going to get. The back end's been problematic. Some of that's understandable with the injuries. And when you let Epps and, you know, CJGJ walk, you're going to take a hit. And the Eagles knew that. So, actually, I'm going to give him the same grade I gave Brian Johnson. I think he's a B-. minus, And I think, you know, again, could you make a case – C plus, yeah, maybe, because they're giving up a lot of points. They're this, they're you know, bottom tier of pass defense and all those kind of things. Where are you with him? Um, the front line has been on point. The linebacking play has come on the last two games. You know, it, because you don't even have a true middle linebacker with Nicobe Dean out there, but the guys that you've asked to fill that spot have done it admirably. The pass coverage is is a problem. Has is a problem. And I think it's going to continue to be a problem. Um, but when you've mixed in the, the amount of youth that they're mixing in, and of course you've had to miss, mix, uh, mix and match because you've had injuries on, on your defense as well. Um, but they look at the volume of turnovers they've generated through four games. Um, I'm going to put him in. They're, they're still one of the top run defenses. They I'm are. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to give him a B. I'll give him a, a solid B. Okay. Um, you know, he's not afraid to, to blitz. He's not afraid to bring the extra attacker. You know, we've seen that. Um, I don't know if the pass coverage will ever get any better than what it is. I don't care who they bring in because you're also playing kids that you're preparing for 
November, December, and the future as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll give him a B. I'll, I'll stick with a B. All right. Hey, uh, by the way, the Rams opened the 21-day practice window for Cooper Cup, so he is uh, – he will be practicing today. We'll see. I don't know that that means we see him, but, you know, yeah. he's practicing for, for yeah. what it's worth. Um, okay. So let, let, this is – Derek, I, I am going to give Michael Clay a higher grade. Don't do it. Don't higher do it. grade than Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. I'm going to go B+. Plus. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I never thought I would sit here at this point um, and, 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 and think Michael Clay has done a good job, but he has. His coverage teams have been, been good for the most part. Uh, Covey is one of, the, one of the top return guys in the NFL right now. Um, obviously, uh, field goal team, when you have a Jake Elliott on your field goal team. It helps team, your grade go away. It helps your grade significantly. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. I, I give him a B+. Yeah. I, can't, I would even teeter a minus right now through four games. The thing is, you know, uh, they've, it, it, yes, it helps when you have Jake Elliott, but they have, um, Hey, you know what? If it ain't broke, he hasn't screwed it up. So, uh, Covey's returns have been good. They've done a pretty solid job on their kickoffs. Not that there are many returned anymore right, right. and the re- and the punts. So I, you know what? The, the, the good thing is Derek, we haven't noticed them a lot. You know what I mean? Like you still don't love the punting situation, but you don't really notice them, and that's good, and that's fine. We noticed them too much last year. We're not noticing them this year. If you don't notice them, that means they're not making mistakes, which is excellent. Correct. That's all you can ask. Yep. You know, um, this, this is why I love this stuff. Who would have thought Michael Clay would grade out higher than the other two coordinators? Exactly. Exactly. And they're 4-0. Oh. Yes. And they're 4-0. Oh. All right, let's go Jalen Hurts. Oh. This is – this is – this one's complicated a little bit. You know, I mean, you have to grade him with the understanding that he's got a new offensive coordinator. You know, and I know they knew he, they know each other and they have a long history. I get it. But it's still a new offensive coordinator. It's still a new guy calling plays for him. Still some some wrinkles that you have to pick up on. You know, and we are only four games in, and it finally looked like last week he, he got comfortable throwing the ball. But I'll be honest with you, Derek, when you're a runner-up MVP, when you get paid the way that he got paid, the expectation is high. He's a C plus right now for me. Um, the Eagles have ten total touchdowns. Yeah, Jalen has accounted for six of them: three through the air, three through on the ground. Yep. Um, he's completing almost sixty-eight percent of his passes. He's like uh, forty-one yards away from a thousand yards passing in four games. He's had three picks. Um, he's running the ball less. He's 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 a better pocket presence. Um, defenses have done everything they can to contain him and to confuse him. And you've seen signs where he has been frustrated. Um, and basically what he thought he saw when a ball snapped, it's not there. Uh, I'm going to give him a B. I'll give him a B because – when you account for six of 10 touchdowns and you throwing for almost 68, you're completing almost 68% of your passes and you're close to a thousand yards, even though you haven't been perfect. Um, that's, those are still good numbers. So I'm going to hit them with a solid B for right now. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm sorry to jump around, but let me just give you more of an update. So Diana Rossini of the ringer. Yeah. Cooper cup is pushing to play against the Eagles. The Rams of course want to use cup on those deep over routes and, and we'll test it out to see if they can get him up to max speed. 
the better news is, and this is what she's saying, I'm told the injury is not as serious in terms of long-term as initially feared. All right. So, again, you know, we'll, if, you're, if you're asking me, I think he plays. I you're asking thing. Yeah. You put, you put him out there. You put him out there and with this kid, Paku. Yeah, yeah. And Tutu Atwell. And Higby. That's a good you're – getting, you're getting three, four guys who are legit. And, yep. and we saw what Hawkinson did against his defense. Yeah. Um, and Tyler Higby out there as well. Oh, man. It's going to be close. another one of those nail-biter type games. Gunner, I'm telling you, man, this whole game is pass rush on, on Stafford. Because, A, you just got to get to him. You can't give him a lot of time. And, B, you, you he's playing with that bad hip, man. You throw him to the ground a couple times, it could change everything uh, in this game. And he, um, he and he loves to use those sprint rollouts, and I want to see how how, how much that hip is bothering him. And he's the kind of he's not if he feels that pressure in the pocket, he's not one of these guys that's going to tap dance like Fred Astaire. He's no. going to go down, you know. Yep. He's going to go down, and preserve his body. So, yeah, you better get you better get to him. You better get to him early and often. Let me see how many times has he been sacked in four games so far this year. Uh, uh, let me see. Let's see here. Uh, Rams, 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 Rams. <laughs> Uh, stats. He's only been sacked nine times. Nine times in four games. Yeah, you better get to him. Yep. <laughs> you know he's yeah. he's thrown five picks. So like For you now. can you get to him, he'll make a mistake. Yeah. Um, he's having yeah. a numbers are a little bit deceiving in that you'll see th- you'll you'll see three touchdowns, five interceptions. He's playing yeah. pretty well. I mean, whatever. I mean, he, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. But I I think it's all about the pressure. All right. Uh, this is the easiest grade I've. I think, but you tell me where you fall running back a, I mean, Deandre Swift has been so good. Not that we've gotten a ton out of game. Well, or Boston Scott or Penny for that matter, but Swift has been so dynamic. That's an a all day. That's a slam dunk. A he has been a breath of fresh air. Um, He has been electric in everything that he does uh, behind the line of scrimmage. And let's face it, the running back as a whole, you had um, Gainwell miss a game because of the ribs. Boston Scott misses a game because of a concussion. So you haven't had your full arsenal. And Rashad Penny, for whatever reason, is nothing more than an afterthought on this offense. Um, But because of what uh, DeAndre Swift has been able to do, that's a a slam dunk in terms of the running game in general for this team. Yep, no question. All right, uh, I, I got to go A for receivers. And now I'm not counting Goddard in this. This is just wideouts, but because AJ's been so dynamic and, and Devontae's so good, I know nobody else at Quez has been hurt. It feels like the whole season. And Zacchaeus, it's been sort of quiet there, but the other two have been so good. I'm going A there too. Yeah. I mean, they, they've accounted, you know, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith have accounted for 51 catches for 798 yards. You know, AJ's averaging 14.3, Devontae 12.9, and they have a combination of four touchdowns, two apiece. They're as solid as you expect them to be, you know. Um, so, yeah, I can't give them anything less than an A. You got to get Dallas Goddard's numbers up. But but in terms of uh, what you need your your, your primetime receivers to do, this is a solid A from the receiving core. All right, O-line. Um you know, obviously that's another bar that, that is set extremely high. A lot of people would argue the best offensive line in football, and, and it'd be hard to, to counter that. And I think they, you know, when you consider the running games number two, or at least the, your leading rushers number two in the league, and they're, they're way up there in the, in the rushing game, maybe the pass protection hasn't been quite A grade. I'm going to give them an A-. minus. I think it's been very good, 
but it hasn't been great. So I'm going to go a minus for, for O-line overall passing game, run game. What do you think? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go B plus. Okay. Uh, they've been, they've been rock solid in the run game. I think the pass protection has been a bit shoddy at times. Um, I think Jalen has been under duress more than I thought he would. And again, I, I know it's because schemes are looking different, but the pass the pass blocking has not been up to par compared to the, uh, uh, run blocking. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the offensive line a, a B until further notice. Yeah, and, and okay, B. All right, that, that's fair. I mean, I think they've been good, but not great. Uh, yes. You know, I think that they or very. I would I would admit maybe go as far as say very good, but not great. Yeah. Um, the good news is and we haven't gotten any word yet, but it, it looks like with Jurgens, it's nothing long term. Could be a couple weeks, is what we're hearing uh, the other day. Um, so if that's the case, I'm fine with Sua Opeta. I, I don't, I don't think you're going to see a big drop off there. No, in that position. no. Opeta, Opeta can hold his own on either, either guard position. Um, I like his versatility. Um, you know, they don't miss a beat when they put Opeta in. That's a, that's one of the luxuries the Eagles have that many teams don't. When you drop a starter, you can insert a backup on this team and nine times out of 10, uh, it's not going to be that uh, much of a glaring weakness, if any. And, and I think Opeta has been solid since he's been in there. And like I told you the other day, uh, what I was told was uh, a minimum two weeks for Jurgens. But the good thing is that this, it doesn't look like the Liz Frank injury, which means, you know what that means? That means you could be out for weeks or months. Liz or Frank months. is, yeah, yeah, bad. That's bad so news. That's, that's the good news about it. So Okay. All right. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to come back and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of do this on the other side. We'll look at the defense, Derek, and, and some of the areas that we think are good. Some of the areas that need improvement. Will Howie make the you know pull the trigger on a trade? We'll do. We'll grade the defensive line, the linebackers, the corners, the safeties. Uh, you know, we'll get into a bunch of other things uh, when we come back. Maybe do some individual stuff as well. Uh, so we'll hit all of that when we come back. One o'clock. Anthony Sanfilippo from Crossing Broad. We'll talk Phillies with Anthony. We'll do our NFL segment coming up at uh, twelve thirty. So we got a lot to do. Between now and then, don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you right now about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because it can be challenging. It can be difficult uh, finding the person to trust, the person who knows what they're doing with your finances, right? And and, and I went through a lot of people early, uh, earlier in, in my earlier years, um, and it was I wasted a lot of time and a lot of money, frankly. And when I found Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, it changed everything for me whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. If you have a small business and you're trying to figure out your employee benefits, that's another resource that Jim can aid you with. Uh, I personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can also email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray. Dot Jim at principal.com.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wolbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. What's up, everybody? Appreciate you hanging out, making us a part of your day or night or morning, depending on where you are, afternoon, morning, evening, whatever the case may be. We are global, Derek, so it could be any time, my man. That is Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. That's, isn't that the beauty, too? Like, it's I love it, man. We have people hanging with us from all over the world. I mean, Christie's in, in Portugal. Portugal. Some of our other friends are in Ireland. We know that. I mean, we we have we have people from all over the place, man. It's we, great. We've had people check in from Germany, yes. from Sweden, Trinidad, Tobago, um, Mexico, London, London, Hawaii. Yep. Um, and just across the United States from San Francisco to Boston and from you know Minnesota to Texas. We love it. Uh, in, in Florida. Um We've had we have we've had uh, Mr. Taz Germany this month. Uh, Mr. Taz is in Germany. Very cool, Mr. Taz. Love yeah, it. This, this dude, Mr. Taz, floats around. My man hey, travels Taz. quite a bit. Yeah, Mr. Taz, are you in the CIA, FBI, or are you in the witness protection program? <laughs> I'm just asking for. A thing. I, I, I'm Come on, just, man. Don't get him in trouble. Come on. I'm just saying, the dude, he's in like 20 different places every time we talk to the guy. Man, I'm on. You know what? Remember the National Enquirer when it was in his heyday? And what was their best commercial? Inquiring because minds want to know. No, that's right. And I'm an inquiring mind. I'm a journalist. I need to know, Mr. Taz, 
Are you on the run from the law, man? You know, I help he's you out. In, he's in Berlin, Germany for work. Okay. Really? That's yes. pretty cool. Yeah, that's what he just said. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's cool, hey, man. Hey, Rob, by the way, I got a surprise guest coming up for you. Oh, I like surprises. I'm down with that. All right, that's good. All that's right. good. Um, all right, so it, real quick, we'll hit, we'll we'll run into the defense here for a second, Derek. So right. uh, the big thing that jumps out, they're 27th against the pass um, yep. in the NFL. They're allowing 260.8 yards per game again, which is crazy because they were first last year. Yeah, it, it's totally flipped on its ear. And yep. and 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 to their credit, they were mediocre against the run, and they're very good against the run this year. Okay, yes, yeah. In fairness. A um, couple things, and we didn't like this from the jump. It started in the Tampa game. They've been using Bradbury in the slot out of necessity, but it's it's getting to the point where it's too much. Um, and I think that plays a part um, for sure. And hopefully that's something that they can figure out and they can correct. But, you know, I want you to hold that thought, D-Gun. Hold yes, that sir. thought. Yes. Uh, because uh, let, let, first off, let's go to our surprise guest. Let's just go to him. Let's spring him on the folks. There Boom. he is. Boom. Here's our guy, Keith Pompey, who comes up, to us. Fellas? How's the altitude in Colorado, Keith? Hey, man. I'm getting old. That's all I'm going to say. Do you need right some now? help there, Keith? Do we yeah, need was, somebody uh, there? I was like, man, I'm posh. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just walking from your car yeah, to was, the facility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, I want, you know, it's funny because I tried to go for a walk yesterday. You know, you try to. Yeah. You know, see what your surroundings um, are. And then I, you know, I get back to the hotel and I'm like, am I that out of shape? And then, you know, I had to remind myself, like, I feel good now that it was, it was the altitude and not me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. and Keith, don't tell anybody I told you this, but you know, they got a lot of dispensaries in Colorado and you bring Rob back a gift bag. Rob has been wanting a gift bag. He knows my address. Yeah, right. I got you. Hey, I tell you what, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> you have to get that. In addition to all these uh, Colorado uh, sweatshirts, people are asking me to bring back. I'm like, yo, why don't you oh, just go online right. and get one? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah Coach well, you're on the wrong campus. You know, you need to be on. That's the other what I campus. told them. I'm like, yeah. yo, it's an hour away. Uh, yeah. but you got a rental car. Drive, drive. Man, they're tough yeah. friends. They want you to drive an hour to go get them some gear. Jeez. So, uh, so, so how much money have you spent on gear so far? Not a lot, because you know why? Because no one gave me the money up front. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, look, y'all, we, we all know how we all know how much those sweatshirts cost at cost uh, those ooh. college campuses, man. Like, you know, it's like a hundred dollars for one. And if someone gave me the money, nah, you know how that goes. Mm-hmm. You get back and they're like, Hey, I got you. Uh, I'll see you in a couple You're of right. days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. In the day and age we live in now, hey, tell them one thing. Venmo me. Yeah, exactly. Venmo. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, Keith, well, speaking of that, Keith, uh, is it true that we heard that the Sixers players went to visit Dion yeah. uh, yesterday? It, that, that's, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, you know, it's funny because, well, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, they were really publicizing it. And, and you know, you, you hear people I'm like, oh, going to Boulder. Like, okay, what are they going to Boulder for, right? You know, one of those yeah. things. And then you found out that they're you're going to talk to Dion. And then, you know, Dion's son, you know, part of their, you know, uh, their uh, YouTube channel, they, yep. pro- they uh, you know, sent out a video. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. Um, and I liked what Dion had to say. Uh, you know, I felt like, you know, you look at a guy like Joel Embiid and, and all these other professional athletes, you know, they they tend to look up to Dion. You know, they look up to him a lot. And Dion, you know, when he was saying stuff to him, 
it was funny. It, it was kind of the equivalent of, you know, we're all, you know, parents and, and, and had people to where, you know, how it goes, where you will say something to your, to your child and, and you have to do this. But as soon as someone else says it, they listen more. And it was kind of sort of like it, Dion was like speaking for Nick Nurse and, and everything. And, um, you know, I really liked it. And let's face it, Dion is a guy that um, you guys, and especially, you know, D-Gun, you've been around the Eagles for years. Good. You know, when Deion Sanders comes around, the young players light up. They all love Coach Prime or Prime Time, whatever you want to call him. So I felt like it was a, a, a good visit for the six. Yes. Um, you know what? The, 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 the elephant in the room, your boy James Harden decides to show up. Yeah. And here's, here's the way I've looked at it, Keith, and this is what I, I said earlier in the show. How do you show up after what you said all summer? You blasted the management. You held people holding up signs, I will not play for the 76ers. That has got to be a very uncomfortable. And I know the team, when, you, when you're a player, the boys are going to stick with the boys. And I understand. That's got to be a very uncomfortable situation for the players. And more importantly, Nick Nurse. And I'm assuming Moray and Elton Brand are both there as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are here. Um, and and it, it is a, a very uncomfortable situation. You know, the one thing is the thing about James that can help him out in this situation is there are several players on the team who had relationships with James beforehand, and they still consider James a very close friend. And I'm talking about um, who uh, P.J. Tucker, um, you know, uh, was it? Um, Pat Beverly, you know, those are two guys, you know, Daniel House, you know, those are three guys that, you know, that quickly come to mind. So and the one thing that saved James is mm -hmm. that he addressed his frustration to Daryl Morey. He didn't address it to the team. He addressed it to Daryl Morey. But at the same time, you are correct. It's one of those things where this is a lot of drama. This is something that you don't really want to focus in on. And when and and you've been through this for the guys who were here before, they've been through this thing two seasons ago, and you don't want to go through it again, especially when you want to win a championship. And you know it's one of those things where you hope that you can do your protests and you could do whatever you want, but do it at home. Like just don't show up. You know what I mean? Just do it at home so we can just focus on what we're trying to do. I, I'm gonna throw two things at you, Keith, because Derek and I were talking about this earlier. Like, if if I'm, <clears throat> I, and you might you might already have the answer to this, so I'm just speculating here. But if I'm Maury and Brand, I'm probably just kind of leaving him alone. If I'm Nick Nurse, I gotta have a conversation. Like, man, I know you, I know the situation. I know you don't really want to be here, but you're here. As long as you're here, I need you to be all in. If you're gonna be at these practices, etc., I can't have you be a distraction. Are you on board with that? Number one. So that I guess that's the first part. And the second part is, do you think we're going to see a Ben Simmons thing where he's, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of dogging it and, and forcing their hand to toss him out of there? Like, is are we going to get this kind of craziness? I mean, you know, it's depending on what you who you read. Right. I mean, there's a, a lot of people and I'm, I'm answering your second question first. Like, you know, there are people like James has came out months ago on Twitter and said, I've been comfortable for a while. It's time to get uncomfortable, right? He said that. And, and you know, um, Adrian Wojnarowski 
who is like, you know, let's face it, he's he's the GOAT when it comes down to NBA reporting, you know, nationally, you know, said yesterday that, you know, James Harden is going to try to make this thing as, as comfortable as possible for the Sixers. And when you look at what he said, you look at when they had the party last week and they still doubled down with the sign saying, you know, Daryl Morey is a liar. You know, you do expect, I mean, you put it this way, right now you would be shocked if James said, hey, I'm a buy-in. I'm gonna do whatever I can, but please trade me. So you, you know, you'll be shocked. So you do think that, and and I do think that Nick Nurse has to have a conversation with him, you know, to see where his head is. And because let's face it, Nick Nurse is in a tough situation. You know, he's a coach. We all been around coaches. We know they always say, and when you ask them questions in public, for the most part, they want to be politically correct and say. This isn't frustrating. This isn't a distraction. But look, you're a new coach. You're trying to figure out what you what you have in players. You're trying to figure out a system. And right now, you got a plan A for if James is here and a plan B for if he's not here. So, yes, you have to have a conversation. Be like, look, are you going to be bought in? Because this is supposed to be an important season for us. And, like, if, if you don't want to be bought in, if you're not going to be bought in, I mean, it might be best for Nick Nurse if he leaves. Right. You know no, exactly. I mean? Yeah. Keith, I think James Harden has done himself an incredible disservice in this situation because the more he spoke out, the more teams are shunning the prospects. If you have a team that's, a, let's say, a mid-level team that has potential to get to the playoffs for the first time in X amount of years, do you want the prospect of him on that team being a disruptive factor, especially if it's a team he doesn't want to be traded to? Now, obviously, the Clippers are out. That's the team he wanted from everything I've read from you and everybody else. That's out. What if the Sixers' approach is if we deal him, we could deal him to Siberia if it's beneficial to us. Would James Harden go play or would he say, I'm not going there? He doesn't have a no-trade clause. I mean, he could, you know, it's one of those things where if you want to get paid, I think it's in your best interest to do it. I mean, if not, you're going to get fined, right? But at the same time, if I was a, another team, I don't know if I would want a, a, a mid-team, a team that has young talent, yeah. a team that's um, trying to, you know, look at him as a, a mentor and stuff like that, um, help him get I don't think I would send him there. Now, I may send him to a veteran squad, but yeah. not like a young emerging team trying to make the playoffs. And the reason being is, is because – you know, guys tend to look and, and and follow what the older players are doing, right? They see how they react, and that's how they react. And, you know, um, and James, if he comes there, he's not going to be in a good mood. He's going to want to get traded and, and get out of there and whatnot. And and then also, you know, James, hey, I commend him. You know, I since I've been around James Harden, um, he's been the hardest working athlete that I've ever been around seeing before practice and after practice. However, you know, James Harden has likes to go out. Now he can do whatever he wants, but that's one of those things. Everyone can't do what he does and still be able to produce the numbers he did on his career. Right. So what happens is you'll have some young guys and they're going to be like, yo, my man, James can do it. I can do it. And, Everybody it's like the bad. AI syndrome. The young yeah. cats couldn't keep up with what AI yeah. was doing. Exactly. Right. Remember, right. they couldn't keep up. Yeah, they right. couldn't keep up. So you can't do that. Now, the one thing I will say is that, you know, so 
I, I guess the thing with the Clippers, if we want to talk about the Clippers, the thing with the Clippers was it was one of those things that were some interest, but of course they weren't trying to give up a lot for a guy, you know, who, you know, the way James is right now, they weren't trying to give up a lot for him. Um, and then what I mean is, you know, the, the contract, uh, he's in his final year, he's 34 years old, you know, you're looking for him to be a utility player, so to speak, you know what I mean? Not like that lethal score. Um, but I do think that now um, with, with Drew, then they want, they turned their attention to Drew Holiday. They couldn't get him. You know, you got to pay attention to what happens with Malcolm Brogdon, like if Portland wants to keep him or not, right? And then I think that James is still on their list from what I hear, but it's just a matter of mm. are the Sixers going to come down on their, you know, from their offer, what they want? Like, you know, they want a lot for him. Or, or the Sixers are looking at it as, as are the Clippers going to get desperate? So, it, it, you know, that's the one thing. And the thing about it is when James is acting this way, he knows that he's making, he's being disruptive to where it could be where the Sixers are just want to get him out of here and they'll say, right. hey, look, just give us whatever you can. Like, yeah. we just want to get rid of this problem. But what that does is it gives the teams like the Clippers the advantage and Daryl Morey and I'm, I think you don't want to do that. But at the same time, James knows the best way to get traded a lot of times is being as as disruptive as you can. So mm. I think the Clippers are still a possibility. Well, okay, Keith. So that, that leads me into like one of Daryl Morey's strengths is he he doesn't respond to like outside noise. He's very uh, – I mean this complimentary. He's stubborn. He's going to do it his way, what he thinks the value is. He's not going to let other people, you know, affect him. But in this case, you you probably do get to a point where you're like, if this is really chaotic, that it's like addition by subtraction. You just you, you got to even though you might not get what you want initially, but you got to move on. Like, where do you reach that point? I guess. I guess it depends on James how James reacts here. I guess. Yeah, I, I think I think you got to reach that point very. I mean, quickly. Um, I mean, I do. Now I get it. You can look at it two ways and say, forget this season. We're going to ride it out. Right. We, I mean, we only have what five guys under contract beyond this season and two of them are on like non-guaranteed deals. So they may not even be here. Right. Yeah. So you, you, you could say we'll ride it out. But at the same time, you do not want this to be so disruptive. And, and there are, believe it or not, even though the Sixers didn't make any moves, comparable to what Boston did, the New York Knicks and um, the Milwaukee Bucks, there is pressure for them to get out of the second round. So, and with that being said, you look at a guy like Daryl Morey, you know, before it was Doc Rivers, right? It was like, well, Doc can't coach, Doc can't do this. Now people are looking at Daryl and saying, hey man, what are you doing in regards to bringing in talent? Yes, you hired Nick Nurse, but I feel like there is some pressure on him to do something. And I think the longer that this thing goes on, the people in Philadelphia, people like everywhere are going to say, look, Daryl, you really messed this up. You know what I mean? Because yeah. um, you were the guy who brought James here. So I think with that little bit of pressure, to me, I, I think that um, rock bottom is hitting, like, or whenever you got to decide that you got to make a move because you don't want this thing to go on. You don't want it to go on. How is Joel handling all this? I mean, he's not shy about speaking his mind, but in this case, he, as the leader, he has to be politically correct 
so that he doesn't add more fuel to the fire. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I, I think he is handling it kind of well. Again, and, you know, it's one of those things where the season just started. I mean, they had he had his media day. They uh, they had the media availability yesterday. You know, Joel didn't speak. So, it, but but I do think it's, it's kind of like this is something to pay attention to. Because if you remember two years ago when when they had their media day, Joel was at the podium and he talked about uh, – Ben Simmons. And he said, we want Ben Simmons back. Right. They all said that, you know, we did great things. He's an integral part. But as the stuff start going along, then Joel was like, don't like, you know, he was basically real, very dismissive when people start talking about Ben Simmons. And he says, what did he say? He says, "Um, I don't I'm you know, I don't watch something. I don't want to mess up what he said, but it was. I'm paraphrasing. It was something about like babies, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm I don't, not babysitting or something. Yeah. I'm not babysitting. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't care about, you know, and he would say, I don't care about that man. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's early on. Now you got to understand something that the relationship that Joel and Bede had comparable to the relationship that um, had with Ben Simmons comparable with James Harden was different, right? You know, James Harden got Joel the ball. You know what I mean? This and that. Whereas I felt like there were times when Joel and Ben were both battling, trying to be the guy. So it's a slightly different. But I think in a couple of weeks, as if this thing continues to drag on, you know, Joel may start changing his tune, right? And just say like, let's get something out. Let, let's just resolve this one way or another. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. It really is. Uh, let me ask you, last one from me, Keith. Um, if you're Nick Nurse with the uncertainty of, of James Harden, how do you go about sort of setting things up here? Like how – how? I guess you have a B and a plan A and a plan B, I would guess, but doesn't that dramatically affect like Maxi and, you know, what the backcourt looks like and whatnot versus what you're – you know, what you want to do ideally versus what you – you know, maybe doing without him or with him. Had they? Has there been any talk about that? Yeah. So, like, in, in, there is a you know plan A, plan B. So, right now, when you look at, let's just say without with Harden, you know, you want Harden to be the facilitator. You want him to get other people involved. Um, I, I feel like if Harden is here, we'll see Maxi being more of Maxi. And what I mean by that is, you know, getting out in space, scoring you know, taking advantage of, of, of uh, you know, his scoring ability, right? Uh, but if Harden's not here, then you're going to put the ball in Maxie's um, hand. And right now, Maxie's going to be the, the point guard. With that being said, it's going to be a learning curve for him. Now, I, I get it. A lot of people are saying, what are you talking about? This guy played it before. But yeah, but when you when I look at Maxi, and I'm not comparing him to this guy, so I don't want anybody to say, "What are you talking about?" But he's kind of sort of like a Dwayne Wade to me, and in the comparison to, he's a smaller two guard who can handle the ball a little um, um, a little bit, but he's not a point guard. So we're and and then his strength is when he's playing with an elite point guard who can get him in great spaces. So. That's what's going to have to happen. Like Maxi is going to have to assume that role. Pat Bev's going to have to come in and do certain things. Um, so, but but with doing that, 
Maxi trying to set up other teammates. What comes is the thing that uh, Doc Rivers really wanted him to hone in is there's going to come a time where he's going to have to think like, do I create my own shot or do I try to feed the posts? Right. Yeah. Or like, you know, you're going to have to, like, you know, it's just yeah, your traditional that, point guard stuff. Basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, yeah. He can't, I'm not going to say he can't do it. He's just, he has to learn how to do it. Right. And you have to do that. But I think that the Sixers until they get an elite point guard or elite facilitator, I think that they're going to struggle a little bit in that category because Maxi, in, in my eyes, is better suited as a two guard who's looking to get his own shots, looking to get out in space, taking advantage of mismatches, not being a traditional guy, you know, trying to feed the post. Interesting. Let, let me ask you real quick about Pat Beverly, and because I think he's a talented player um, on both ends of the court, can be disruptive, very verbose. Uh, can get inside players' head. Why do you think he's become such a journeyman? He's like with the Lakers. He's with Minnesota. Uh, now he's in set with the 76ers. Um, why do you think that he is always on the move as of late? You know, that's a that's a great that's a that, that's that's a great um, question. You know, because like you look at it, you know, he's been playing like last couple of years. He's been on five different teams, right? Yeah. You play that, and it's, it's weird because. I mean, I, I don't really have the answer. Like you, you would say that maybe he could wear wear on certain teammates. You yeah. can say that um, you could say that he's a little bit older now, right? And and some teams view him as like, you know, we want to go this youth movement. But it's, it's bizarre because when you talk to young players, like Mo Bamba wanted to come here because of Pat Beverly. When you talk to um, the the Minnesota Timberwolves. And 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 we know how Jimmy Butler that that went. It didn't. It kind of went left with the relationship. Well, you know, Patrick Beverly has like it could be abrasive at times, right? You know, really outspoken. They love him, like they all love him. So I feel like Pat Bev is is good in the, to have in the locker room when you have a bunch of young guys. But maybe he could become. I don't know because I don't know him. But maybe he can be outspoken to where like. The veteran guys are like, oh, I'm a max player. Like, you can't tell me this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know because there's a lot of young guys that really like Pat Bev. They really like – they speak highly of him. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Keith, listen, that, we, we know we, we popped this on you in the last second, so we appreciate you appreciate giving us a couple that. of minutes, man. Always, always uh, appreciate your insights and, you know, your time. So thank you, man. Enjoy the rest of your time up there, man. Appreciate yeah. you, bro. And get right, uh, yeah, get Rob that gift bag, man. Get Rob. Right. Keith knows we already got that straightened out, man. Yeah, I, we got, I, 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 I pay him on like his friends who are trying to get free gear off of him. I, hey, look, I, man, if you, you get Rob that, you get Rob that dispensary gift bag. That dude will eat a whole box of Cheerios in one sitting. I'm telling you right now. Thanks, man. Enjoy your time. Thanks. All right, let's get a timeout. Uh, you know, we'll do. We'll come back, Derek. We'll do a little hybrid. We'll do. We'll, we'll finish up our defensive uh, grades and whatnot yep. and we'll do our nfl segment as well because at one uh, one o'clock we're going to have um anthony sanfilippo to talk some uh some phillies with so we'll do all that yep. when we come back good stuff there with keith uh all right we'll do that when we get back so don't go anywhere Derek gunn rob ellis hanging out with you on this hump day all right uh pro action restoration yeah pro action restoration they are the people that you call if you have any kind of issues with water, fire, smoke, mold damage, any kind of, of, of that similar damage to a property that you have, 
They're the best people to call. Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I went through this on a Saturday. So I reached out and I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe I can get them today or hopefully they can get here on Monday and blah, blah, blah. You know what? They were right out. They fixed the problem. They cleaned it up. They told us what we, you know, what we needed to do and everything from there worked like a charm. And I'll tell you, it was a great experience and the price was right on top of everything else. ProAction Restoration is a licensed, bonded, fully insured company. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades, and they will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So, again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation could be even something beyond that. If you're not sure, just reach out, get a consultation. Give them a call at 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, uh, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Uh, so you can always go back and watch our interviews. We just wrapped up with Keith Pompey. Just go to jacobsports.com or Jacob Sports YouTube channel, as well as uh, anybody we had on yesterday. Or if you want, if you missed certain, you had to go back to work or whatever the case may be, you can always go back and watch the shows. Uh, and we encourage you to do so. All right. Um, so, Derek, back to where we were. We were talking about the defense. We had already graded the offense um, yeah. for the most part, and right before Keith came on. So, we were talking about the disparity. They've been very good against the run this year, and not so not good against the pass. They're twenty seventh against the pass, which is the opposite, the inverse of what it was last year. How much of that um, is understandable, considering the talent that they lost in the offseason? and then then on top of it, it's compounded by the fact that you lose Avante Maddox. Like what I'm asking is. Do we have to have a little bit of understanding that, that, that there was going to be a hit here? Like they weren't going to look as good um, on the back end than they did last year. Yes, even if Avante Maddox was there, um, it, it, it's a, a evol- evolving process because you had a whole new plethora of coaches on, on that defensive side of the ball. But, you know, when you sprinkle in the young kids that you have back there, it takes more than just a few games to get that continuity down and to get the the assignments down correctly and to know exactly where you're supposed to be at any given moment. Um, but now that you've lost Avante um, and you have Bradbury down for one game, and let's face it, to be honest, somebody else is going to go down. You have, you know, Blankenship had the rib issues. It's going to be um, a, a, a trial and error process, and there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. That's going to be ca- the case with the past defense the entire season. Um, especially when you consider you have two cornerbacks who are 30 plus and Howie Roseman sees the future to where you have to start making that transition. Now where you start bringing in some young guys who you, you have to grade and critique and, and get a feel for whether or not you can, if, if they're the ones that can step up and fill the gaps when you decide to part ways with Slay and Bradbury, either, or, you know, who knows after this season, one may be back next year. Both could not be back next year. We saw how it went down this year. You know, one day we thought Slate was gone. Next day he's back. You know, uh, Bradbury, we just assumed that with the year he had last year, he was going to sell himself to the highest bidder. He came back here for less money. You know, so we don't know what the future holds, but the Eagles are, have to plan for that just like any team. So with that integration of old and new, it's going to take take a while. And it, it's going to be sometimes when it looks really good and sometimes when it's like gut-wrenching. And that's every team goes through that. And this is the Eagles' time right now. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's throw some grades out there, uh, for these guys, Derek. Um, let's go, let's start with this. This is kind of all encompassing. I get it, but let's go defensive line. Um, you're taking into account what you're getting from Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams at the same time, you know, uh, Josh sweat and Brandon Graham and Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick. So o- overall D line, What's your grade? I'm going to give him an A. Um, you you've, you you had to integrate a new new guy in Jalen Carter. 
we waited to see what Jordan Davis was going to look like year two compared to year one. Um, and even though the sack total is not what we would hope it would be, they're still getting pressure on a quarterback. You had a one-handed Hassan Reddick playing uh, up until this past game. Um, but they've been very good against the run. They've gotten pressure, and they've created turnovers. So I'm going to give them an A for, for what they've generated through four games. I'm only going to go A- minus for this reason. I think the interior has been awesome, uh, and I think Sweat, Sweat's been good. He, he definitely has been good. It's been quiet for Brandon Graham. Yeah. Um, it, it's been, and I know his snaps are very limited, but it's been quiet for Nolan Smith so far. Um, so for, for, and, and Hassan, it's understandable why he only has one sack with the, with the cast on, but I, it, it, had they gotten a little bit more out of the edge, like they're seventh, they're tied for seventh in sacks. Certainly not bad. No. Um, but, but not quite what it was last year. So I'm going to go a minus and okay. I, but I, I think the, the interior is bringing them up and the outside just taking them down a touch. Not bad though. Still good. Still real. No, good. no. I mean, you know, Brandon Graham's 35 years old. Nolan, right. Smith, Nolan Smith. I think there's more to that shoulder thing than they're letting on. When you look at the number of limited snaps he's played in the games this year. Um, and of course the son Reddick is just rounding back into Shape and when I and I and I don't mean physical shape. I mean shape in terms of finally getting his hands free to get back to do what what helps him be who we 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 saw him be last year. Uh, but even with that said, that D line has played play, played pretty good across the board. Um, they know they they can get better, but um, I guarantee you, there's a whole lot of teams in the NFL wish they had this D line right now. I got somebody pounding on my door. Can can you ha- tone? Can you hop on for one second? I don't know what is going on here. Can you can you give me one second it's so I can? Feds. It's the feds looking for you. Oh, they're gone. Never mind. All right, whatever oh, it was. Yeah. All right. So um, beyond that, yeah, I, th- I think that's I, I, now. Let's go linebacker. And I'll tell you, this is a pleasantly higher grade than I thought it was going to be. I mean, Nicole yeah. Dean injured right almost immediately right out of the shoot. Nicholas Moore, who they who they released in camp, brought back on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Zach Cunningham was on the street, who they picked up. Both guys have filled in very admirably, and then some. I mean, you think about last week, Derek. Morrow has three sacks. Yep. Zach Cunningham at thirteen tackles. Yeah, these two guys have really stepped up their game, man. Uh, I will add they step. They really stepped up their game the last two games. Uh, prior to that, it was it was a little iffy at times. And so because they've really turned it on um, the last couple of games, it has to balance out my overall grade. And so I'm going to go B plus for them. Um, you know, they didn't, they, they're not true inside backers, you know, and they had to fill a gap and they've done a t- tremendous job the last couple of games uh, in terms of stuffing the holes on running plays, being active in a pass, uh, pass rush. Um, you know, like you just said, Morrow, three sacks in one game. I'm going to give them a B plus. I think they've been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, me too. That's what I had them at, and I, I, I'm I thought it was going to be way worse. I really did. I thought it was going to be a lot worse. All right, let's go to the corners. Let's hold off on the safeties. This is specific to the corners. I, I think you have seen good games and not so good games. I don't think Slay played well last week. Um, Derek, they're they're in like B minus C plus category for me. I, I don't think they've been that good, frankly. Uh, I think they've been okay. I agree, both of them, Bradbury and Slay. I, I go B uh, because that's a tall order. When you're thirty plus, 
to try to stay with some of these gazelles in the National Football League. And let's face it, they haven't even faced yet, outside of Justin Jefferson, who had a good game against them, they haven't faced a collection of good receivers they're going to face down the road. Um, have they been? Have they gotten beat? They haven't gotten beat on much deep stuff. It's always the intermediate stuff. And when you're trying to cover some of these guys, I don't care who you are, it's hard to cover some of these guys on these quick slant routes. We see A.J. Brown chew people up because of that. And I think the corners show receivers a little bit too much respect. I think it's more on the defensive calls more so than it's on them. That's the scheme the side wants to play, keeping everything in front of you. They'll give up the underneath stuff more than anything else. So in terms of what we want, or should I say what I want, which is to see Pro Bowl caliber corners play more press coverage and bump and run, that's not the, the scheme that Desai and, and Matt Patricia have implemented so far. So um, do they need to improve in some areas? Yes, but I, I, I'm going to go with a B with them. Okay. Uh, I, I Now, the safety position, I almost have to give them an incomplete, if you think about it. Bradbury missed a game – or. Uh, um, Blankenship missed a game with ribs. Yeah. And I think he's come back and played, you know, pretty well. And he made some plays last week for sure yep. um, that were big. The other spot's been, you know, banged up and, and it's been kind of a revolving door of guys and they're really inexperienced. So, you know, I don't, I probably go see. Yeah, but it's I'm, almost I'm, to me, it's not even a grade if, if, if I'm if I'm looking at it. Yeah, I'm with you in the C department. Uh, when Blankenship has been there in there, he's made plays. Uh, Terrell Edmonds has not played up to expectations. No. Uh, when Sidney Brown, Sidney Brown's been hurt, you know, um, there's still a huge question mark hovering over that entire unit. So, yeah, I can't go higher than a C right now because the, I, I need to see some stability back there. I need to see two guys playing consistently together for a couple of games before I can evaluate and give um, an honest grade. But because of what you you just brought up and what we discussed, C is the best I can do in that regard. Um, And they really have to improve in the pass coverage as well. That's the big thing. And they're going to get tested this week, uh, especially if Stafford can hold up. All right, before we get to the NFL stuff, you you brought this up during our pre-show meeting. I thought it was interesting. So Jason Kelsey on his new Heights podcast with, that he does with his brother, Travis, you know, talked about the whole brotherly shove thing and how, you know, basically the, the, the league warned them, you know, of him specifically. And it turned out it, it, there really wasn't a violation there and how he was talking about how Deron Payne, who's the defensive tackle from Washington yeah, was actually technically offsides yes. on, on the play. Like, so there's a lot, it just feels like there's a lot of attention on this. And when there's this much attention on something, Derek, it's going to go away. I think this is the last year of it, but, but the, See, give, me the, give me the gist of what Jason was, uh, was talking about. here. Basically Jason was saying, you know, the league has warned them about it. They said that uh, Landon Dickerson is lining up offside. And Jason said, if you look at the play closely, uh, they identified Landon Dickerson's hand as being offside when actually it was Jason Kelsey's hand on the ball. And then you look at Deron playing, his head is definitely across the neutral zone Mm -hmm. and he's got his hand under the ball, you know, when you look at it. So the infraction is more so on the defensive players. And if you look at it, defensive players are getting closer and closer to the line of scrimmage. We saw this past weekend, what what did we say? Four to five teams try it. And none of them were successful except the Eagles. 69% around the league. 
Okay, and and the Giants tried it on their first drive, and their starting rookie center and a tight end got hurt yep. on the play because they don't practice it like the Eagles do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rob, you know, it, it's 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 brought up every week now. You got more teams trying it. You got the league now talking about warning the Eagles about it when obviously they didn't look to play close enough based on what Jason Kelsey. And if you go on um, you go on Eagles Nation, you see an ISO of the play, the guys lined up in the trenches, and you see what Jason is talking about there. But because it's being talked about every week so far, I'm telling you, I said it last week, I'm going to keep saying it. I think the NFL is going to find a way to do away with this after this season. Honestly. Yeah, I do too. It just feel, it feels like that's where the momentum is. It really does. Hey, uh, Jake Elliott is the NFC special teams <clears throat> player of the week. Yeah. Uh, ended up totaling 14 points, two for two on PATs, four for four, including the game winner, the, the, the uh, 54 yarder uh, for Jake Elliott. No surprise there. Uh, nope. That he ends up being the, the offensive player of the week. All right. Uh, NFL, Derek, a couple things. It has been a day where, where teams are, are, are cutting out some of the fat, so to speak. So the Patriots released Randy Gregory. So, Derek, they signed him last offseason. Broncos. Sorry, Broncos. Uh, they signed him last offseason. Five-year, $70 million deal, like we talked. To. He, it looked like he was going back to the Cowboys. Wasn't the case. He goes there. It doesn't work out. I, I guess this is further evidence of, of Peyton trying to clean house, but I don't know. Why didn't you do it before the season, I guess? Um, so he's gone. He's out. Uh, the, the Patriots have traded to get J.C. Jackson back. Uh, another guy who's been banged up in his career, but has talent for sure. That is also coming on the heels of Christian Gonzalez, which stinks, is done for the year with the shoulder. The, the rookie yeah. who was having a really good start to his career. Randy Gregory's a good edge rusher, and <clears throat> I guarantee you there's going to be a number of teams inquiring about him. Yeah. Will he be one of those teams? That remains to be seen. Um, but he's a, he's still a quality player. Don't be surprised if he goes back to Dallas. You know, Don't be surprised. Um, as far as JC Jackson, I've always been a big fan of his very physical player. Um, he plays the game so physical, he hurts himself more times than not. And the Patriots are in a dire straits. Uh, Christian Gonzalez was having a good year so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had lived up to that first round building in, in uh, Bill Belichick scheme. It's a shame he's hurt. Um, where was JC was with who the chargers? Was he still yeah. with the chargers? I'm surprised the chargers gave up on him. You know, Chargers have a nice defense, I think a better defense with J.C. in there. So, obviously, they must have some young emerging cornerback they'd like a little bit better and obviously cheaper. Yeah. But I think J.C.'s going to help the back end of Belichick's defense, no mm-hmm. question about that. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad move. I really don't. Um, all right, we talked about Reese Hoskins trying to come back from an ACL uh, for the World Series. How about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers views a return this season as a possibility. Um, it was also revealed that he's dealing with a deltoid issue, but, uh, he was on with Pat McAfee and said, you know, he's, he's way ahead of schedule. He was out of the boot way before most other people are out of the boot. Um, he's rehabbing. He, he, he went to the game Monday night. He's back in California rehabbing, but he thinks his progress is so strong that he could be back at, at some point in January. I'm talking about a 40 year old guy too, on top of everything else. Terrell Suggs came back quicker than anybody I've seen. He was back on the field in less than six months. Yep. And it took him a while to get going, but Terrell, Terrell came back and played the season uh, after he came off of uh, that type of injury. Aaron Rodgers is 40 years old, coming off a ruptured Achilles. Okay. 
You're talking about he now he, he did it the first game of the season, September eleventh, eleventh, twelfth. Wasn't it a Thursday night game? No, Monday night, September eleventh. It was. Yeah, okay. So you're talking about trying to come back uh, from that thing in less than four months, uh, and, and you're 40 years old. Um, let me tell you something. If he does. I'm on Aaron Rodgers take a P test because whatever peyote he's smoking, other players are gonna want it around the league. You know, I can't, there's no way I see a 40 year old athlete coming back in less than four months from an injury like that. It doesn't. And I also just wonder, like, you know, what happens if you ter- you, you set yourself back and then you it goes into the following year? Like, I, I yes. don't know. Yes. And and you know, I think I think this is all gonna be anti- is I think the Jets are not going to be in contention for anything anyway. You know what I mean? Like I don't think they're a playoff team anyway, so it's no. not going to make any difference. No. But yeah, who knows? No, I, I, no, I don't see. Aaron. There's no way he's coming back in less than four months. Um, I don't care if he's in a hyperbaric chamber. I don't care if he's in that dark cave in Oregon or state of Washington, wherever the heck he was. Uh, there's no way. You know, young players heal quicker. This man's 40 years old. Yeah, he just had the surgery recently, and he's got a deltoid issue. In his and deltoid, no, no, no way, no way, wishful right. thing. Uh, by the way, guess who's practicing? Who? Jimmy Harden. James Harden is practicing today with the Sixers. Oh snap! All right, so just got real. We, we 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 will keep you posted on how that goes. Uh, we'll see. Never James, a dull moment. Never. A James, dull moment. James said, "You know what." 35 mil is 35 mil, even if I don't want to be here. It's amazing how your point of view changes when all of a sudden, you know, people are digging into your bank account if you don't show up. So we'll see. We we know James has made a lot of money in his career. You know, no question about that. But when you're at this stage, what is he, 33 years old? Yeah, around there, right around 34. 35 million sitting on the table. If I'm yeah. his agent, you know, I'm James, James, James. I understand your personal feelings. We're talking about 35, not 3.5. Yeah. 35. That's a lot of nightclubs you can go into, man. You can buy your own nightclub. You can make a club. lot of things rain with that kind of money. Yeah. Yeah, for what? Sure. Yes. What? Do that. Uh-huh. What did, what did, uh, what did Vinnie Curry used to say? Call it the Shimoney dance. The Shimoney yeah. dance. Well, you just got money rolling off your fingers, man. Uh-huh. And 35 million is 35 million. I don't I care. You. I don't care if I have to play on a team of, of, of 13 players that I just bottom line hated. Yeah. 35 million is 35 million. Um, all right. Elsewhere. And again, we'll keep you posted if anything happens here, but elsewhere. Uh, Jamison Williams is back. If you remember, he was the rookie out of Alabama last year. He, he who had torn up his knee. He got back. He played some, but then in the off season, there was a gambling suspension held uh, levied on him. Uh, he actually was initially six games and then he got it down to four games. So he is eligible to play this week. So that, that's a, that's more firepower for that Lions team. Lions team is off to a three and one start. No, you put, you get him back, excuse me, back on the field um, with Amar Ross St. St. Brown, uh, St. Brown uh, Josh Reynolds and, and him. Whew, my goodness, they're gonna feel that good for the, and good the kid for the Laporte is a good rookie tight end, too. He's a, he's a solid player. I'm telling you, I mean, without him, golf is already completing 70% of his passes. Montgomery, the way he's running, oh, Jimmy my Gibbs. yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, the good, good for the Lions, bad for the rest of the teams on their schedule. I mean, that's you know, I can't wait to see what he looks like in that offense. That offense is already lethal, but now with him in the offense as well, once he gets up to speed, jeez. 
they're still my they're still my team, Rob, to, to win that um, to win that NFC North. I can't back off that. No question yeah. about. It. Yes. Um, all right. Elsewhere. Um, so Devon Achain is elaborate is is averaging eleven point four yards per carry for the Dolphins. The Dolphins' running numbers are pretty insane with he and Mostert. I mean, I know they lost last week, and we're coming off the heels of the Buffalo game, but still, I mean, that's 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 pretty wild. And he hasn't. It's not like he's had like three carries. This guy's amazing. He's off to an amazing start. How many, how many carries does he have? I think it's like twenty-seven, something like that. I wonder what his longest run is up to this point. He, um, oh, I got you. Hold on. He, he so he is. Um, Hmm. All right. Hold on. I just had it. Now, now it went away. Uh, his longest run D gun is uh-huh. here is 60, 67 yards. That's that helps. And he has four runs of tw- 20 or more yards. So uh, I, I don't know much about him, but obviously he is exactly the compliment most of needs in that backfield. Um, you're 11.4 yards of carry. My goodness. He's averaging 103 yards a game. He has four rushing touchdowns, 27 carries, 309 yards. Are you kidding me? He's not even a feature back? Well, he's not. Nope, most are this. Yeah, most are this so far. Uh, This is pretty cool, and this speaks to both guys' longevity. But uh, Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh are meeting for the 34th time (sighs) against each other. Tomlin leads the series 18 to 15, but they'll play again this week. Pickett, they expect Pickett to be able to play too, Derek. Uh, initially, yeah. it looked like he wasn't going to, you know, that looked bad at first sight. But uh, yeah, they 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 think he's going to be able to go. A lot of it's going to depend on practice this week, but they think he's going to be able to go. Yeah, and uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore is always a knockdown grad, uh, drag out grudge, and Pittsburgh has something to prove. You know, Tomlin's had Tomlin's having a bad week. How they got embarrassed this past week, and when Tomlin has a bad week, his teammate his team has a bad week. A practice as well, which means no matter what they do wrong, it's magnified. So I expect the Steelers to come out more intense yep. and go toe-to-toe with this Baltimore team, a big divisional rivalry. Um, that's going to be a good game, good game to watch. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I was looking at the card. Uh, you know, the, the highlight game is obviously Dallas and San Francisco Sunday night. That That's, that's awesome. Um, but other than that, man, I, you know, I'll give, I'll give you what they are. Thursday night's the bears and the commanders. I mean, we're, we're going to keep an eye on it cause it's the NFC East, but woof. No, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'll honest. watch it. Yeah, I'll I'll watch. Watch. Uh, Jaguars bills. That's the London game. Yep. It's okay. I mean, that's okay. It's not bad. It's well, right. If Jacksonville get its act together, that's not a bad game. Um, Texans Falcons. It's actually a better game than we thought it was going to be, almost from yep. Houston's end of it. Yep. Houston's on the upswing. Atlanta's on the downswing. Two Lost two in a row. Now there's question marks about Ritter. You know, coaches had to come out and say, he's our quarterback. You know, anytime a coach comes out and says that, to me, that tells me that they're thinking about a possible change. Do we need to make a change? Yeah. So that's, uh, that's going to be an interesting game. This one is interesting because both teams are 2-2 two and two in the AFC South. Titans are at the Colts. Ooh. Um, so that's, that's one to keep your eye on for sure. Uh, Raven Steelers, as we talked about Eagles Rams is a, is a, is a pretty solid game. Um, you know, Chiefs Vikings, we thought was going to be a good game, but the Vikings are one and three and they were kind of lucky. They won last week. Um, where are they, where are they playing that one? 
That game's at Minnesota. Um, that might Chiefs be my Chiefs are four point favorites. That might that might be an interesting game, Ralph. Yeah, it might be an interesting game. Yeah, it could be, could be. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, even the Sunday night game, it, it it's it's just, I mean, the Monday night game. Sorry, Packers and the Raiders. I mean, you have a desperate Raiders team. Desperate Packers team. Pretty desperate Packers team, yeah, after after the way they played of late. So at least you get two teams that you know are, you know, giving you everything they had, at least. Packers Packers have been bringing in offensive linemen for workout this week, and they've brought in running backs this week as well. Yeah. Uh, So obviously Matt LaFleur is looking for some changes there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Raiders Raiders are a hot mess. Total. You know, um, that's a a pick-em game for me. Uh, Saquon Barkley will return to team drills in practice today. Mentioned earlier of note, Cooper Cup is returning to practice this week also. Uh, so there, there's a couple of uh, a couple of them. Um, we don't know yet the status of Deshaun Watson, Cleveland. You know, we see what a difference that makes. So that could yep. be a could yep. be a big deal there as well. Cleveland is off. I'm sorry. He'll the following week. They're off. So you have four teams that are off. Our bye weeks start now. Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, Buccaneers. Okay. Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, Buccaneers. Okay. All right. They're the they're the four teams that are uh that are off. All right. Um, so we'll get a timeout here, Derek. And when we come back, we'll we'll sneak some more Eagles in. And we will also set our sights on the Phillies, uh, who play game two tonight. Against the Marlins, they took game one last night, four to one. Zach Wheeler, absolutely filthy. He was just awesome. Um, But what will we get from Aaron Nola? We will talk to Anthony Sanfilippo about that and some of the calls, that the decisions that Rob Thompson made last night that paid off. We'll get into all that when we return. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. I'll tell you right now about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They are experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wolbert Montgomery. Call us now at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hanging out with us. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, very excited to talk to our next guest. Does an awesome job covering the Flyers, also the Phillies. Uh, and I love, love the podcast that he does uh, called Crossed Up with uh, with Bob Wankel. It's really, really well done. Crossed Up a Phillies podcast. But you can check him out on Twitter or X at Ant San Philly. That would be Anthony San Filippo, what's up, Ant? How are you, my man? Hey, how you doing, boys? Good to see you today. Good, Good you, man. man. Good. All right, I got to hit you with this, Ant, right out of the shoot. Um, yeah. You've covered sports for a long time, a, a variety of sports. Yes. We, we hear a lot about how different the crowds have been through this Phillies run both last year and then into last night. Yeah. So as a skeptical scribe, as a, as a guy who's been there, done that, is it? Is there something different about how wild it is at Citizens Bank Park these days? It, it absolutely is, and I and I can tell you guys, it's not only is it different than anything else that I've ever covered. It's different than even what Phillies crowds were like 2007 to 2011, and those mm. were some great. Those were some great crowds. Yeah. I, don't don't get me wrong; those crowds were awesome. You know, I was there for Jimmy Rollins in the crowd when Jimmy Rollins hit the walk-off against the Dodgers in the 2009 NLCS, which was one of the coolest moments to be be present for. And it's even better now. What you're getting down there is the fans on their feet for the entirety of the game. Those rally towels are being waved nonstop. They are reacting to every pitch. Every pitch. And I can tell you, what was brilliant yesterday, and I think this has had to be well planned by the Phillies. Dan Baker introduces the Marlins, right? He says, I would like to welcome to the field, you know, the Marlins, 
uh, substitute subs and staff and like everybody comes out okay all together at once then they do the lineup manager in the lineup then for the Phillies let's introduce every staff member possible <laughs> they introduced their chef their top chef from the kitchen I know they did no they did two scoops they gotta get Frankie out there they they should have had him they should have yeah. had them but no I'm talking about the people that are like clubhouse staff yeah yeah and in the 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 players kitchen but they introduced every last one of them, and the fans cheered loudly for every last one of them. And those Marlins players had to stand out there on that field for 10 minutes and listen to this introduction, and I'm watching them. And they're all, like, looking around and taking in the environment. And they had to think, this is a different game than we've ever played before. Yeah. And that's what it was like. And so that's why they have such a great advantage. I don't know if you guys know this. Phillies have the best winning percentage of all time of any team in the history of Major League Baseball at Citizens Bank Park in the playoffs for a home park. Wow. They have the best record ever, minimum 30 games played. Wow. For I one ballpark. That. I didn't playoffs. know that. No, and, and, and one more thing, and I know, Gunnar, you, you want to hit him up with a question, but it, having Hoskins was also a, another, you know, chef's kiss, just perfection. Yes. Yeah. That was great. It was perfect. It was because, you know, you don't know. I mean, is he ever going to, you know – play for the Phillies again. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he gets a chance in the World Series, but who, if they get there, mm-hmm. but you don't know that that's going to happen. So, yeah. and, you know, he's going to go down to Florida and, you know, work out with the with the stay ready guys and, you know, try and get back. So he may never be on that field again and be able to address the fans. Mm-hmm. That was perfect. That yeah, was perfectly was. designed by the Phillies. Anthony, why do you think this fan base has become so rabid towards this particular group of guys, and when I say this particular group, I go back to last year also, mm-hmm. more so than the collection of players that you talked about from that 07, 011 um, era. I, I think that there is two two reasons for this, Gunner. I'd say, one, Bryce Harper. Okay. He, he may be the greatest panderer in the history of pandering. Okay, and, and all honesty, and I, I say that, and I say that, you know, in, in a way that it's not, I'm not trying to take away from what he does, but he gets it. He understands, you know, you tell the fans how awesome they are. They will love yep. you back in return. Okay. But secondly, and I think that this is a credit to John Middleton as the, as the primary uh, front facing owner, he's a little bit different in that he lets them be a little bit more personality driven, a little bit more loose, a little bit more out there. I mean, when would, could you imagine the Phillies allowing for a video to be put out where one of their players says, if you don't like, like it, get the F out of Philly. I mean, like, would you, like, do you, do you think that that would have happened in 2007 to 2000? Oh, the hype video for yesterday. Right, the hype video, yeah. right? So it would not have happened, but this, this ownership group is like, go nuts guys, do it. You'll, the city will embrace you more. And so because of that, it's a love fest down there. It constantly is with these guys. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is amazing. So let's let's look at the game here. And, and look, I, I don't think it shocked any of us, but it, because Wheeler's been an unbelievable postseason pitcher. Um, yeah. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's the best I've seen him look. I mean, he had all four or five pitches, and he was making the Marlins look bad on everything he, he hit a little ran out of gas i thought a little in the seventh but man was he dominant before that yeah i mean and even when you say ran out of gas a little bit in the seventh i mean really it's just the the, the big double right i mean yeah. that's the that's the only mm-hmm. 
it's the only one I thought anybody really hit hard off him mm-hmm. all day. Another another great note, you know, the third pitch of the game, uh, Larissa Rise hits that ball to left field that Christian Pache makes a great running catch on. It's the only out a Phillies outfielder made the entire game. Jeez. Wow. That's how good Wheeler was. Like wow. everything was weak contact pop-ups or ground balls in the infield um, or strikeouts. And, and that's it. So it was the only out that was made by an outfielder in the entire game was the first batter of that's the game. That's crazy, man. And so that just goes to show how on he was, right? Jeez. I mean, the, the Marlins couldn't touch him. They couldn't huh. touch him. Josh Bell was the only guy who got a couple hits off, and that's yeah. it. He's swinging I mean, a good bat in general. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yes, it was it was one of the best pitching performances in a playoff game by a Phillies pitcher. I mean, it, it ranks up there. I mean, obviously, Halliday's no hitter. Schilling's, you know, start yeah. in the in the yeah. World Series in 93. Right. Um, you know, you can comp- comp- probably find a couple others. Yeah. yeah, others from back in the day. But really, that that's how good of, of an outing it was. Mm. Anthony, this team is loaded with uh, big name, big big bopper type players. But you you look at those who produced the runs last night are the kids who have been doing it all season long. The the Stotts, the Paches, uh, even Bone. Bone was you know has made a name for himself, but he's still not the Harper, the Trey Turner's, the, the, the Schwarber types. And and I've talked to Rob about this. I said outside of maybe the Braves, this line of one through nine puts so much stress on a pitcher. You know, most pitchers go to the mound thinking, well, if I make a mistake here, I can, I still got the back end uh, of, of, of a weak hitting lineup. You don't have a weak hitting spot in this lineup, which is phenomenal how this team is constructed. It, it's so much better than it was a year ago. And, and this is why, you know, we've had these debates all year long about, well, why is Kyle Schwarber a true leadoff hitter? Well, this year, I think he is. Whereas last year, I would have questioned it a little bit more. This year, when you think about it, because of all those other guys you're talking about, Gunnar, all those players who are at the bottom of the lineup who yeah. can now get on base and be productive, when Kyle Schwarber comes up and he's batting more than anyone else, you put your best home run hitter into a spot that's going to have the most opportunities to hit a home run, and guess what? He's going to come up with guys on base this year. Right. He had 103 mm-hmm. RBIs out of the leadoff spot. How many guys get 103 RBIs out of the leadoff spot? Not many. Not many. So that's so that just goes to show you how good the bottom of the lineup has been. And so, you know, when you have that one through nine and you yep. are look, that kid Lazardo is a really good pitcher. Yep. OK, yes. I, I think that, you know, he you know, the moment probably got him a little bit last night, but they they worked him. They made him throw 24 pitches in that first inning, even though the runs didn't score. He threw 24. He was up to 60 pitches through three innings by the fourth inning and they're adding on runs. It's like. He threw 90 pitches. Like, what are you going to, what are you going to do? I mean, he's a good pitcher struck out what six or seven guys, but it doesn't matter if you're getting him out of the game and getting into that weaker bullpen in the fifth inning. Yeah. You did your job. And and that's how good this lineup is, is that they're able to do that to pitchers. And Mm. the same people who complain about Schwarber, not being your prototype leadoff guy are the people who are complaining that the Eagles four and O start is not pretty enough. Not good enough. It's the same thing. Like, give me W's and L's. That's all I care about. And when he leads off, they win. Plain and simple. All right. Anyway, that's my little rant for the day. And I'll I'll get off (laughs) my soapbox. Um, But I want to give Thompson credit, too, here. I mean, he could have gone Martian left. I know it was lefty-lefty. He goes Pache. Pache makes the catch that you mentioned with the the ball that Arise scolded, you know, early. The lone outfield out. Um, 
but beyond that, he comes up with a big hit as well. I mean, he pushed a lot of right buttons last night. He got, he got, I thought he did it well with Wheeler in the bullpen. It was a good Rob Thompson night for sure. Yeah, it really was. And I, I think it's the reason that it, it plays out that way. You know, you're going to give him credit and, and he deserves the credit, but they, it's the buy-in by the players, right? Like Brandon Marsh can sulk over the fact that he's not in the game one lineup and he's probably not going to be in the lineup again tonight. Um, but they have a plan. And the plan is, hey, listen, we're going to start with a guy who's better against left-handed pitching. He's not great against left-handed pitching, but he's better. And he's an excellent defensive outfielder. So that helps us, especially in the first inning of a game. The most runs are scored in the first inning of, a, of baseball games, right? That, it's known that, you know, it's been that way forever in baseball. So you have a guy out there who's going to take away hits. Not that Marsh couldn't, but I mean, Pache is not hurting you in that regard. And then as soon as they go to a right-handed reliever, Marsh is coming in. So it's like they're splitting the game. So it's not like Marsh isn't playing. He's getting in there. And both guys are bought in, and they and they agree. And they're like, yeah, this is great. This is what's going to help the team. And they're happy about it. And, you know, Marsh said it last night. He says, guess what? You know where I'm going to be tomorrow when that game starts? On the top step, waving the towel. Yep. Like, I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be yep. doing the same thing. Because he knows his opportunity is going to come as well. And he's going to do something great at some point in the playoffs. And, you know, last night it was Pache's turn. It might be Marsh's turn at some point tonight. Anthony, I thought the most exhilarating moment of the game for me was when Harper races around third, runs through the stop sign, slides into home, gets up, pumps his fist, and the entire crowd just goes nuts. You know, when you consider that Schwarber was upset because he got the stop sign, Harper said, I ain't stopping for nobody, and hits home plate, and people go nuts in the stadium. For me, that gave me chills watching that. Yeah, I get it. And, look, everybody wants the Phillies to be aggressive, right? And I, I think that the definition of aggressive is is unique. Like, I think fans want aggressiveness to be you go all out 150% at all times and just make the plays happen, force the other yeah. team to make a mistake. Yeah. I get it, but it doesn't always mean it's the smartest play, right? Sometimes aggression can be not doing it, not being aggressive on the bases and letting, you know, working the pitcher. I mean – if let's just say, and, and look, the throw is offline, Schwarber probably would have actually scored. But in the moment, if you're Dusty Wathen, you got to hold him because you're thinking to yourself, it's, you know, this is the first out. We have second and third. Our MVP is coming up next. He's going to get the runs in. We can score more. If we get thrown out of the plate, it's two outs and a runner at second. We got to, we, we can't go for it there. So the aggression is you kept the inning going. You forced Lazardo to throw a bunch more pitches. And that's why he gets out of the game in the fifth inning, right? I mean, if it, so, yeah, maybe Schwarber scores, but if you're in the moment and you know Sanchez has got a gun coming from right field, you got to think I got to hold him here for a second because of who's coming up and where we're at in the in the game. It's still nothing, nothing, right? It's still a tie game. So I think that in that one, I'm okay. I thought he I thought he pushed the envelope a little bit with Castellanos, and he probably should not have held Harper. Um, because they had an infielder playing left field at that, and point. Harper was reading it too. Because yeah. you could see the whole thing yeah. in front of him. No. But I, but I think the first one, I think I would perfectly, I think it was perfectly acceptable to hold short. And do you well the, debating whether or not the, the, he should have? Do, do you think like that because there was a lot of heat? I, I don't know he's not on his phone checking social media. I don't mean that, but maybe yeah. because people wanted him to send him. Then Wathen got screwed up. He didn't have the best day over there. I mean, let's no. I, that's what I said. I mean, I thought that his next two situations i think he got wrong i think you, you know sending castellanos 
you know, didn't I didn't hate it, but at the it same time, it was a really time, good throw by Chisholm. It was, it was a great a throw by Chisholm. Right? I didn't hate it, but you got to you got to look at the situation. Is you got the pitcher on the ropes at this point? Yeah, right. Let's yeah. let's keep getting him. Let's keep him on the ropes. Let's not give him an opportunity to get off. Um, so that I probably would have held Castellanos, and I don't know how you think about holding Harper in that yeah. spot again. Like I said, they had an infielder yeah. playing left field. John mm-hmm. Birdie had just moved out there after mm-hmm. a pinch hit from earlier in the game, and and you know he's not throwing out Bryce Harper from the wall. I mean, yeah, there's a relay throw. I get it, but you know you need two perfect throws to get Harper, and it wasn't obviously it wasn't even close. So yeah, I, I thought that he struggled with the second two plays. Of course, Let, let's go to the million dollar question tonight, and and, and that's Aaron Nola. Um, now, understanding oh, he made some tweaks to some things in the last two starts and did look better, in fairness, um, yeah. and started off last year, and I'll include the Houston game to get them in, calling that a postseason game, even though it was technically the regular season. He pitched well in the early portion of the postseason. Yeah. You have any kind of expectation, or is this a coin flip for you? What no, you I, I actually expect him to pitch well, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why. If let's let's look back here, and I know Noel is everybody's just saying, well, it's the last two starts. I want you to, to look back at his last nine starts. The Phillies are eight and one in those nine starts. Okay. He had the one loss, which was a blow-up game against Milwaukee. They gave up the seven runs in four innings, whatever it was a terrible, terrible start. He even said it afterwards that he was he was awful. But the other eight starts, 3.15 ERA, 1.07 whip. Those are really good, yeah, numbers. good numbers. The only thing that that he hadn't provided in those eight starts is length, which everybody yeah. had gotten used to. So, of course, they were seeing him pitch less innings. And they're like, well, geez, what the heck's wrong with Nola? He can't even get through five innings or get through six innings. So that was the concern. Um, I think that he the adjustments he's made has allowed him to throw fewer pitches over the last two months, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, and, and be able to maybe extend it a little bit more now. He kind of, yeah, or last two starts, and he's been able to extend it a little bit more. So I think that that's the thing that you're going to see a difference of. I, I don't know. I think Aaron Noll is pitching pretty good right now, and I'm, I'm pretty confident in in him being able right. to give you a good start. I feel good about him tonight yeah. too. I, yeah. do, you, do you think somewhere in the back of his mind there's extra motivation because every time he steps on that hill, he's thinking it could be his last time for the yeah. Phillies? And obviously, you know, what he does, especially now magnified even more so, can enhance his his money value. Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Gunner, because and he and he'll tell you no that he's not thinking about it, right? I mean, but I don't know, it's human nature. How can you not? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I actually, I actually wrote a story about this uh, today on Crossing Broad and you know, comparing, you know, him and Reese Hoskins because you know those were the two guys who were part of the old regime that didn't win and that are still here. Okay, and Hoskins had his playoff moment last year with the bat spike and everything else. That's why he got that love and that reception that he got last night. But their their legacy is kind of intertwined and still incomplete because this year is not over yet, and Aaron Nola has not had that playoff moment. He had a great start against the Cardinals in the playoffs last year, but then after that, he kind of he kind of died out. He kind of got tired. His, his arm went bad. But I think he's in a spot right now where he should be healthy enough and should should have few enough innings that he can go three, four more starts in the playoffs and not run into that you know be gassed kind of situation I think that he has an opportunity to to rewrite the legacy for him and then you know in a way if, if it works for the Phillies and they can get to the World Series yeah. and Hoskins can get back it's for both of them I think it's I think Nola has that on him and it's got to be the pressures is there but you know can he live up to it I, you know I think he can in this round we'll see what it's like against him. 
Yeah, um, last night, every, every like I said, the buttons were pushed right. Alvarado comes in, he does his thing, Hoffman, and then you get the Kimbrel. Um, ideally for you, and again, I know a lot of this with Thompson is matchups. You get your heavy righty, he might go Kimbrel in the eighth, whatever. Who, who would you ideally, how would you like to see it set up if you had to drop three on the back end? Who would it be That's a, you? Yeah, it's a great question. And and I'm going to go kind of the same way that Thompson goes. Like, I think Alvarado's the best reliever you have right now. And I don't, and I don't think it's close. I think he's easily the best reliever. And you, But you want to use him in the spot that you think is most critical. And so they needed him in that spot because the – Go ahead run, or no, the tying run was at the plate for that one, right? It was go ahead run. It was three one at that point. Yeah. 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 Um, so they needed him to get through that spot. That was the most important out of the game. And he struck out Yuli Guriel with a 94 mile per hour cut fastball, which is unbelievable that it was 94. Um, so like that was the the biggest at bat. So I want my best pitcher in that spot. So I think that he did it right yesterday in that regard. But if you're ideally saying, okay, one inning, one inning, one inning, how do you want it to go? I'd I'd take Alvarado in the ninth. Okay. I, I would really close with him. Um, mm. But I think against I think where it was in the line again where it was in the lineup last night it made sense to go Alvarado first, mm-hmm. Hoffman to get that big out in the eighth inning and then have Kimbrel pitch the ninth. There's no question talent for talent the Phillies are the superior team. But based on what you said off the top of our discussion, you know the Marlins walk out on the field. 45,000 plus. I mean, they're screaming before the game even starts. Yeah. Um, and I guarantee you, they haven't been in a stadium like this all season. No. How much do you think that psychologically affected them going up against this team? I, I think it's huge, Gunner. I think it's huge. I think, you know, Rob Thompson said that there was a coach from another team, and I believe it was from San Diego. I, I don't know that with 100% certainty, but I kind of get the sense that that's who it was that came in and said playing in this ballpark with that crowd was four hours of hell. And, and, and that's what it, I mean, and honestly, that's what it's like because or maybe it's not four hours this year because the pitch clock, the games are a little bit faster. It's probably like more like three hours of hell or three and a half, but yeah, you're right. It started, it's, it started at seven 30 when they started the pregame festivities and announcing lineups and all that stuff. That's when the crowd was, was amped up at that point. So it was from that point till 11 o'clock, those people did not shut up. They did not sit down. It was intense. It was like a it was like a European soccer game, and, yeah. and, that, and that's the only thing I can compare it to. It's like a final drive of an Eagles game where you need it. You know, you need a field yes. goal or a touchdown or something. Yeah. But for three and a half hours, right? Like nonstop. So that's what it was. So I, I think it absolutely has to affect the team, especially a team that's never been there before. And they got a few guys who've got experience in the playoffs, you know. But at the same time, most of those guys are like. Oh man, we play in Florida where we get 10,000 people come to games and we have to have somebody banging drums in the outfield the entire time to make it sound like there's noise here. And now all of a sudden we come in here and these people are out of their minds. Like it's, it's, it absolutely has an effect. I wonder tonight, I mean, look, Braxton Garrett is in a very similar spot that Lazardo was in. I mean, yeah. not, you know, they're both young guys and it's like, Good luck, dude. You know, yeah. you're, you're throwing in that cauldron. Well, and that's the thing, too. And Garrett's a really good pitcher, but yeah. you're right. It's going to be it's going to be the same thing. And he's another guy who doesn't give length. He, he averages yep. about five innings a start, okay? Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, if the Phillies are working him, if he's a usual five-inning guy and then get out, he's probably not going to last five innings tonight. Mm-hmm. I, because if the Phillies mm-hmm. take the same approach they took last night and they are locked in with that ideology, then I think that you're probably into the Marlins bullpen 
just as soon as last night, or if not even a little bit earlier. A footnote mm-hmm. too: the way this right. sets up, and with days off, you're going to get if you if the Phillies advance, Wheeler in Game Two and Game Five against the Braves. That's correct. That's huge. I mean, yes. to be able to get him that quickly to, so, together. So uh, you know, you never want to you never want to put the cart before the horse, right? Yeah. They got to. We gotta can win. do it. They can. They got to win this series. Uh, <laughs> but let's assume that they do. Let's assume they win. They assume they win either tonight or tomorrow. The way that the schedule breaks out is is opposite of last year in the sense that they gave them an extra day off in the division series. The American League had that last year, mm-hmm. so they gave it to the National League this year. So there's a game off between games one and two. Then there's another day off between games two and three, and then there's a third day off between games four and five. So three days off for a five-game series is nuts. But what it does is it allows Wheeler to pitch twice. If they win tonight, you don't even need a fourth starter. You could right. you could go with let's say Suarez is your game three starter. Let's just imagine it's him. Mm-hmm. So say Suarez in game one, Wheeler game two, Nola game three, Suarez game four, Wheeler game five. You don't even need a fourth starter because of the way that the schedule breaks down. It, it actually works in their favor a little bit. There's a few things lining up in that for that Braves series that if you want to, you know, you talk about the fact that the Braves only have Strider right now. They've lost two major starters. Um, Freed is due back, but he will probably be his first start in three weeks. How many how many pitches is he going to throw? He's not going to throw full, full complement, right, after having that much mm-hmm. time off. And then Charlie Morton is out for that series with an injury. That's right. so, so they're going to have to go with, you know, guys who have struggled here down the stretch, either Kyle Wright or Bryce Elder. Phillies hit both of them, mm-hmm. uh, both here in Philly and in Atlanta in September, and they've not been, they've not been good. So there's a lot of things that line up. That if you get past this Marlins series, while yeah. that's going to be like the series of the playoffs, it, it, the Phillies can do it. Yeah. They, they can. Yeah. Atlanta's nicked up in some strategic spots. It's lethal yeah. as they are offensively. Yeah. They're not going very far without the pitching. There's no question about that. So no. Correct. no, there's no doubt. La- lastly, and I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out for the Brave series because I, I got I to tell you, I didn't want any parts of Taiwan Walker on the Hill in any shape or form. I, yeah. what, if they have to go to a fourth guy, who would it be for you? Would you go Sanchez, Sanchez. with the lack of experience? I would too. Sanchez. Well, because I, I, the only reason they don't want to make him the three is because they didn't want to put him into a do or die game. Yeah. They'd rather have Suarez who's a chill. You know, yeah. Yeah. And line. I think that, but I think that if you go, if you do it in a certain way and you do need that fourth star, so let's say the Marlins win tonight and then you win game three tomorrow and then you have to start Saturday well now you need a fourth starter but it's okay to throw Sanchez in game one because it's not an elimination game right, right so on. you feel more comfortable doing that and then you can figure it out from there uh how you want to how you want to spread out the remaining four games of that series so I, so yeah I mean to me I think it depends on on where it is I, look I think Tymon Walker is on this roster you know people are wondering why he's on the roster but I think that the main reason he's there is you no longer have the ghost runner in extra innings Right. Thank so if you, yeah. And so if you get into a game that goes long, you need, you're going to need him. He can and you need somebody innings. to throw multiple innings. Right. You need a, a guy who's stretched out and is a starting pitcher and basically yeah. to do it. So that's yeah. Taiwan Walker. That's his role. Right. And I'm okay if that's look, if you're in the 12th inning of the of the of the playoff game and you need a guy to throw you three innings. Well, you know, Taiwan Walker is going to be better than, you know, yeah. trying to piecemeal it with a, a bullpen guy. Right. No question. No question. So. And good stuff, man. Uh, follow Anthony you, at Ant yeah. Stan Philly. And of course, uh, on Crossing Broad. And again, check out both of his podcasts. Know the goalie uh, as far as his uh, Flyers coverage goes. And uh, 
crossed up a Phillies podcast uh, with Bob Wankel as well. And thanks uh, for taking a couple of minutes, man. Thank Always you, man. Chatting with you. Yeah, anytime, boys. All right, brother. Take care. Take that care, is Anthony man. San Filippo. Uh, good Philly stuff there, Gunner. Uh, always, always good digging in a little bit more. Yeah, I was looking ahead at that at the next series. I'm saying to myself, this sets up really well here with yeah, uh, no. with Wheeler for them. So we'll see. Again, you got to get you got to get through tonight or potentially tomorrow. But it is yeah. uh, it is setting up nicely. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. We'll jump around a little bit. Some for one of the baseball games yesterday. You, your mind is going to be. We just came off the Phillies insanity. There's, there's the opposite of that, Derek. We'll talk about that when we come back. Birthdays, movies, more Eagles. we got all kinds of stuff in store for you. When we return, don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube. Rob Ellis. Derek Gunn. Where will you be at 2.20 Eastern time today? Um, I don't know. i got to run some errands. Now, my, my kids alerted me to this, and I'm looking, and I see it's all over CNN. Have you heard about this at 2.20 Eastern time today? Uh, the federal government will conduct – nationwide test of its emergency alert system and wireless emergency acts, which means your phone is going to go off with a sound at 220. Uh, the purpose of this test is to ensure that the systems continue to be effective means of warning the public about emergencies, particularly those on the national level. So how does it impact me? It says at 220, all wireless phones should receive an alert and accompanying a text message that reads, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency System. No action is needed. Uh, the free text uh, will be sent in both English and Spanish. Uh, and supposedly, the test will be broadcast by cell towers for approximately 30 minutes, beginning at 2.20. <clears throat> so during that time, all compatible wireless phones that are switched on within range and active cell tower and those wireless providers participate in the WEA should receive the message. So that means your phone will be uncontrollably blaring. And unless you shut it off completely to put up with this, you know, think about when you're watching a program late at night. And yeah, all it's going to have that, that, yeah, that, that, ah, ah, yeah, it's yeah. going to give you that sound. Yeah. You, so you didn't know about this. I didn't know about it. No. So it's ready every, it's a What's that? It's affecting everybody. It's not, it's, it's, Everybody's getting the same alert to their phone, you're saying. Yes. So, okay. so technically it means the only way it, it won't annoy you is if you shut your phone off. But I might let it ring. I want to see what it's like. I just might. And you know, thank I goodness. Did we're, hey, can you imagine if we were on from 2 to th oh. till 3 o'clock instead of 2? Oh, boy, you're right. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. All right. All right. Um, so a couple things, Derek. So mention, uh, let me just run through who, who won and who lost yesterday. Um, Why do you want to do Sorry, man. I'll, I'll, I'll do yours quick and painless. All right. So the Diamondbacks beat the Braves six three. Keep moving. Uh, Twins beat the Rays three to one. Rangers shut out the Rays in Tampa four nothing. All right. I I saved that game for last for a reason. Do you know how many people were in attendance in Tampa to watch the Rays Rangers game one? Pathetic. Pathetic. Nineteen thousand seven hundred and four. Nineteen. 704. It ties the worst attendance mark since the 1919 
World Series. That was the infamous Black Sox and you know gambling scandal and all that. It goes back more than 100 years. That type of like, and and they're building a new ballpark down there for that team. What? Why? Nineteen thousand people. That's pathetic. Now, Come that on, is man. That's pathetic. And you're going to spend billions building this new state-of-the-art facility for a team that has a fan base that doesn't show up for playoff games. Yeah. Bad. Really Why? bad. Embarrassed. That's, Major League Baseball. Not forget Tampa. Major League Baseball has to be embarrassed. They do. I mean, Makes they have to be utterly embarrassed. Makes you appreciate even more so the rabid fan base that you have right here, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah, oh, it sure goodness. does. Yeah. Still, that's bad. You know, the, the stadium hold, only holds 25 as opposed to like 44, which is what Citizens Bank Parks hold. Right. hold. You're, that was a quality team that for a lot of the year, they got surpassed by a couple teams, but was, you know, a, a, what, the second best record behind the Braves most of the year. And then, you know, they fell off a little bit, but still, that's bad. It's bad. Wait a minute. Anyway. They have a stadium that seats 25,000? It's an ugly only- Tropicana dome. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you can hit the roof. Yeah. In that place. But you only got 19, 19,000 in a stadium that barely seats 25. It's not acceptable. It's not. It's bad. Jeez. Uh, but anyway, elsewhere, yeah, I was I was surprised, Derek, with, from the, with the Brewer game in that Burns gave up a bunch of home runs, man. I mean, he was – he's money usually. I, I was more worried about their offense than I was their their pitching, but the pitching wasn't great. Man, the, the pitch uh, – the hitting was on point, except they had a yeah. bases loaded a couple of times and then pushed runs across. That killed him. Right. But Corbin, Corbin has been one of the better pitchers in the majors this year. And Brewers jumped out to a three nothing lead. He gives up three homers. Yeah, you know, and my cousin, you know, they're all of a sudden they're down four three. I said, they're not coming back from this one because Arizona has a good bullpen. They have a really good bullpen, and sure enough, uh, Milwaukee compiled all of their hits in the first four or five innings. After that, mm-hmm. wasn't good. So, and I'm sitting there going, and, and, and my cousin, who's a rabid Milwaukee fan and period Wisconsin fan, I said. He goes, you're always so negative. I said, no, I'm not. I'm a realist. Yeah. I said, you watch. I told him, I said, you watch games as a fan. Every game I watch, I'm looking at uh, tendencies, perspectives. I said, I see the game differently than you. You're negative. You're from Milwaukee. I am said, dude, I've seen Arizona play enough. You forget they do have a baseball team here in Philadelphia. We get to see them at least six times. I said, I've seen this Arizona team play. They can hit and they can pitch. I said, the Brewers have to rely on their pitching. If they if they get to a point where they're playing from behind against this Arizona team, they're in trouble. Sure enough, and so all of a sudden the phone went silent. I haven't heard from my cousin until this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. You know what I mean? It's funny how. Oh, that works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my god! All right. Um, so that was interesting. You you sent uh, you sent me this. Fred Van Vliet signed a very lucrative uh, off-season contract with the Houston Rockets. He came over from Toronto. Actually, he played under Nick Nurse. Um, But he came over and and had a a serious goodie bag for each of his fellow players. That's a nice way to ingratiate yourself with the the fellas, you know, by by giving them these giant swag bags filled with stuff. I mean, I I saw they were all – What's in them? Nice. Did you see what's in them? So yeah, I'm looking at what the game. It's a lot of different stuff, man. It's it's a lot of different stuff. It's um, it, like like a lot of like electronic stuff, you know, like like uh, earbuds, headphones, 
stuff that you can utilize when you travel a lot, which these guys do. Um, yeah, really nice. Some, some, I didn't know Tiffany made cards. Uh, I don't know. Books, um, like self-help books, all kinds of stuff like beats, headsets, you know, like a lot of different things, uh, is, is what he gave them. New sneaks, uh, new shoes, uh, like, um, almost like Crocs to wear around in the, uh, in the locker room too. So he, he, he took care of them. He did, he did a nice job. Uh, and that's what you should do. You know, when, when, when I know I saw like CJ Stroud was having, um, hosting the entire, I think offensive line and the, the entire offense at his house every week, uh, during the season already. Like that's a rookie who gets it. Hey, hey look, smart. First of, all, first of all, you got a big rookie contract. Yep. Second of all, they are making you look real good four games into a season. Really good. He's doing the right thing. You know, you want to win people over? You want them to go to war for you and stand in the trenches to defend you? I tell you what, this this is the same kid that when uh, uh, he was when he was uh, at Ohio State uh, under the NIL, and I don't know how much money he made at Ohio State f- from that. Right. He 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 got every player on the suit on the t- on the team a $500 suit that they could wear on road trips. Smart. Now, now think about that. A big program like Ohio State has a minimum 80 players on the team. So you're talking about now, even if it was part of his NIL deal with a clothing company, that clothing company had to fit 80 different body types. And suits average 500 bucks. That's 40 Gs. That's a lot of money. You're right. That's a lot of money, man. 40 Gs, man. So well, he, that, it tells you the guy, guy gets it. Yeah, he gets it. I, I like, I like, I like the fact that he's doing well to dispel the myth that Ohio State quarterbacks cannot play in the NFL. I like. Yeah, it so I mean, far. if you look at it, really, um, so far, I think he, I think Richardson, have both gotten off to, to nice starts. Um, you know, Bryce Young, he's been a little bit banged up. The the only thing I keep getting back to Derek when I watch him, he's tiny. He is so he 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 is small, man. I just the and the other two are gigantic. Yeah, we haven't seen um what's his yeah. name, Will Levis yet. But yeah. but Anthony Richardson and Stroud are are big guys, man. Bryce is a whew, skinny. See, you, you look at smaller quarterbacks, Drew Brees, uh Russell Wilson, even even Baker Mayfield. Um, they're not the biggest quarterbacks, but they're thicker. So yeah, they're stout. They're, they're more stout. Yeah. yeah. You got to get some body mass in this kid. He won't last five years in the NFL. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure they're going to beef him up eventually. But um, when Carolina decided that he was the one for them, they had to take that into consideration. Yeah. You know, all the metrics said that he was the best quarterback in the draft. And who knows, maybe in the long term, he may prove that they, they may prove that to be right. He's with a great quarterback slash head coach and Frank Reich. Right. Um, but man, when you talk about ready-made talent and you're trying to hit the ground running with a rookie and win fans over, CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson, man, have uh, really got their talents. Houston and Indy buzzing right now. Yeah, and, and you know, look, with, with a lot of times with rookies, especially quarterbacks, but anybody, he he's off to the kind of start you would expect. Like he did miss the one game with an injury. He's got yep. two touchdowns, two interceptions. He's yep. completing – completion percentage is not awful. It's 65%. His passer rating 75, but he's been sacked 11 times. Yep. Some of that is he holds the ball too long. Some of that is his offensive line isn't great. Most of the time, these guys are coming into teams that are bad. Now, Indy and, and Houston so far have overachieved. They've both done a nice job you know, organizationally, yep. and these two have benefited from that. But 
you know, part of that is them. They're 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 playing well, pushing the ball yes, down the field. Are. Absolutely. And, and you look at the coaches, uh, D'Amico Ryan's phenomenal defensive mind, Shane Steichen, phenomenal offensive mind, and it's working to their benefit. You know, um, Houston, Houston is still an evolving team. It's a young team. Yeah. You know, um, they don't have any, you know, marquee wide receivers. They got a nice running tandem. You know, you had Devin Singletary down there with uh, the other kid that uh, Damian, Damian, uh, can't think of his name. Um, they got a nice running tandem down there. Yeah. D'Amico, D'Amico has brought in Pierce. some – Yeah, that's it. Um, D'Amico has brought in some good talent uh, defensively. And w- whatever offense Shane Steichen is running – Indy already had a decent defense. Whatever Shane Steichen is running in Indy has worked well for the young quarterback and the offense as a whole to the point all of a sudden Jonathan Taylor's healthy again. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is it is crazy how that happens. Uh, there's no question about that. All right, so uh, Eagles wise, uh, part of the news of the day uh, is that Cooper Cup's going to be practicing, so we'll see if they get him uh, this week if he's able to play. The other part of it is uh, they signed Bradley Roby to the practice squad. He is a guy who can play the corner slot, um, and you know you wonder with the way things have looked so far, and you know I don't think they want to, even though they. We've talked about how we didn't love the fact that they're using Bradbury in the slot. They don't want to use Bradbury in the slot either. I mean, no, they, no. they're just, this is out of necessity and it's, they're in a tough spot right now. And they're probably going to be in a tough spot all season when it comes to that. Um, and they're just going to have to navigate through it and hopefully they can keep generating turnovers, get necessary stops when they need them. Uh, the, sl- the slot position is going to be um, a hit or miss from down to down, series to series, game to game. It's, it's just the way it is this year, you know, until these young young kids grow up. And it's going to take a lot of the season for these young kids to grow up. Um, it's it's going to be a hit or miss for them. No, no question about it. Yeah. All right. You want to do some uh, birthdays? Why not? All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Dakota Johnson, who is the daughter of uh, Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith, is yep. 34 years old today. Alicia Silverstone is 47 years old today. Clueless, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Melissa Beneist, actress, is 35 years old. Derek Rose, still still playing, still hanging around, uh, 35 years old today. Christopher Waltz, good actor, or Christoph Waltz is a good actor. He's 67 years old today. Excellent actor. Yeah. Uh, Liev Schreiber, an excellent actor and voiceover actor as well. Yes. He is the voice of uh, Hard Knocks and, and a lot of stuff that NFL Films does. Uh, Susan Sarandon, the actress, is 77 years old today. Rachel Lee Cook, actress, is 44. Charlton Heston, born on this day, 1923. Moses. What, huh? Moses. Yeah, Moses. That is correct. Uh, in the Ten Commandments. He, he was in that. He was among a lot of other stuff. Uh, Buster Keaton. The uh, the the actor is uh, was born on this day in 1895. Uh, our 19th president, Derek Rutherford B. Hayes, 1822. Mm. Robert Patrick, the actor, is 65 today. Good actor. Uh, Russell Simmons, who was a uh, mogul, producer, businessman, 66 years old for Russell. Uh, Armand Asante, the actor, 74. Uh, Jackie Collins, the novelist, was born on this day, 1937. 
Anne Rice, the great writer, is 82 today. Jabril Peppers, NFL player, 28 years old today in New England now. Mickey Ward, the boxer, 58 today. Uh, Hall of Famer Tony La Russa, 79 today. 60 years old for A.C. Green, former Laker. Mm. 1880, yep. the writer Damian Runyon, or Damon Runyon was born on this day. And Sam Huff, who uh, was a player for the Giants, for then the Redskins, longtime Redskin broadcaster, born on this day in 1934. What else do you have, Mr. Gunn? Uh, the rapper Little Mama is 34 today. Little Mama. Uh, John, John Sakata, I love this song, Just Another Day Without You. Yeah, um, that, that song 60, blew up. Yep. Oh, yeah. 62 today. Uh, Laurie, Laurie Sanders, who was Bobby Joe Bradley on the Petticoat Junction comedy series okay. back in the day, 82 today. Wow. Uh, Felicia Fair, uh, who played in the original version, a 1957 version of the movie 310 to Yuma. I love the remake of that movie. Yeah, uh, she's the best. 91 today. Damn. Uh, Dave Hawk. Who is in uh, Rob's uh, favorite movie of all time? Fifty Shades of Black is thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, broadcaster Mike Adamley is seventy-four. I always liked Mike Adamley. He kind of just—I guess he retired. I don't know. Yeah. He did. You know, he was a sport, sportscaster in Chicago, local affiliate. I think WBBM for or WLS forever. Um, Packers defensive end uh, Kenny Clark, twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Vicky Cripes or Creeps, uh, the movie The Girl in the Spider Web, which is a really good movie, is uh, 40 today. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Workman, a retired child actor who played uh, Pugsley in the TV, uh, not the, the movie versions of The Adams Family and Adams Family Values. Okay. Uh, he's 43 today. Uh, Chris Lowe, uh, co founder of the group uh, Pet Shop Boys, remember them? Oh, the yeah. Uh, 64 today. All right. Uh, Rich Homie, one hit wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Rich Homie Quan, who came out with the song Lifestyle. Remember, how we used to sing that song in the newsroom all day. Yes. Yes. Homie Quan. Uh, he's 34 today. Oh my God. Uh, and that's that's it. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's do some movies here. Uh, Joker, the 2019 version. Is one Man in the Moon with Reese Witherspoon. She's a kid in it, 1991. Gravity from 2013. Yep. The Current War, 2019. That Thing You Do, uh, Tom Hanks, 1996. Red Dragon, which is excellent. Uh, yes. 2002, if you haven't seen, you should. Uh, what else do you have? Uh, Trick or Treat, 2009. And D3, The Mighty Ducks. 1996. Yeah, we had the original yesterday. The original came yes. out yesterday yeah. uh, for Mighty Ducks. All right, so uh, a couple NFL things. T. Higgins won't practice today with a rib injury. Man, the Bengals need all hands on deck, you know, at this point. Talk about a bad start. It, 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 maybe we'll do this tomorrow, Derek, but if you look at some of the teams that are off to bad starts, I don't, I'm not optimistic now about the Bengals because I don't think that. Burrow is going to be able to recover in time to write this ship. Like you might be out of it in a couple of weeks. If you're them. Um, I agree with you. Um, when they were 0 and 2, I said, no problem. Did the same thing last year. This is a different situation. Um, the offense is not clicking. Uh, now they're one and three. 
Um, I think it's going to be a struggle for them to win 10 games this year. I really do. Because I don't think that calf injury is, is going to heal properly for Joe Burrow. And I don't care what Burrow says about I can deal with it. I can function on it. I've talked to Aaron Rodgers how to deal with injuries and overcome pain. Um, for whatever reason, with all that firepower they have, it, it ain't working so far. And I think this is going to be a struggle year for them. I don't think Cincinnati, when we start looking at it closely in weeks to come, Cincinnati, as of right now, will not be at the top of my pecking order to challenge uh, Kansas City for the AFC Championship. Yeah, same. I, I mean, I never thought we'd be saying this this early in the season, but it doesn't no. look promising uh, no. for them at all. All right, so with the other, I don't know, I guess teams that we thought were contenders, I don't see them turning anything around. New England would fall into that category for me. Mm-hmm. The Jets would fall into that category for me, even uh-huh. though Zach Wilson looked better, right? Mm-hmm. Um just trying to think of who else. Like Tennessee is very much in it because of the division that they play in. But if they were playing in another division, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think they'd have a chance. No, I just think Tennessee is that Jekyll and Hyde team. Yeah. They're going to win. You expect them to lose, and lose when you expect them to win. But because of that division, they're going to be right in the thick of it to the very end. Um, All right. Denver, I don't see that happening. I think they were um, lucky to win last night, last week against the Bears. I don't see I them. Too. Nope, forget them. You got to come uh, from behind the Bears. You're in trouble. The other one is the Giants. Oh, oh, yeah, especially you. We consider what they have the next two weeks Miami and Buffalo. No thanks. They're they're the only team I told you, they're the only team that has not scored a first half touchdown and the only team that has not generated an interception uh, in turnovers. Man, how bad can you, how bad can it be? And now they're bringing, they're bringing an offensive lineman. They uh, just, it was a Justin uh, Pugh. Pugh, they brought in. They got more problems than just one offensive lineman. No question. Yep. So I'm going to write them off. Um, I'm not all the way writing the Vikings off. I, I think there's still life for the Vikings at one and three. Where, where are you I at think, with them? I believe they are a playoff contender, but they're going to have to put a string of uh, wins together. Uh, the defense has really been more shoddy than I thought it would be at this point. Um, you know, last year the Vikings uh, made a claim to fame of coming from behind. You think about the, what, six or seven, uh, one score game, or maybe it was more than that even. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can survive like that this year. But because it's the NFC and there's so much mediocrity in the NFC, I think there's still a playoff contender at this stage. Okay. Um, yeah, they, I, I wouldn't – I didn't really have high expectations for them, so I guess they're in a little bit of a category, different category for this. But right, I, I think the Rams are still have life. I, I don't – I think I it's too. unlikely they're a playoff team, but I think they have a chance. Um, I agree also. Um, I think as of right now, I think people are surprised they're sitting there at two and two. Um, but once they get Cooper Cup back with these young quarterback, uh, young wide receivers that are getting a lot of notoriety around the league for them, uh, that's really going to enhance their, their passing game and their offensive structure as well in terms of being able to score points and control the clock. Uh, who knows? The Rams might be. I think there's going to be a lot of playoff contenders in the NFC, like right around nine and eight. I and you're going to have a log jam of teams around that nine and eight mark in the NFC. It also just feels like the Eagles and the Cowboys, Not this isn't totally surprising, but are just the Eagles Cow- in their division. But the Eagles, Cowboys, and the Niners are on one tier. Yeah, maybe Seattle is a pretty close tier, and then everything else is a pretty healthy drop off. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, I mean, when you look at it, Dallas Dallas could be two games behind the Eagles after Sunday night. Think about right. it. Right, right. If the Eagles find a way to win, the, if the Eagles win that game against the Rams, Dallas is now two games behind the Eagles through five weeks. You're right about that. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. So if you if you just tuning in, also Jake Elliott gets the uh, NFC East or NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. It's his second yep. one that he's gotten. Um, so you're good for him. McCaffrey was the Offensive Player of the Week. Khalil Mack in the AFC gets the Defensive Player. I mean, you had some guys putting up some monstrous numbers this mm. week you know, mm. around, around the league. I mean, McCaffrey McCaffrey had, yeah, I would he have five touchdowns, uh, four uh, touchdowns, four yeah, touchdowns. and. and and uh, Khalil Max six sacks. He got one for the thumb. Yep. So, yeah, uh, six sacks. The tie the record. Yep. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive. So your uh, Josh Allen got the uh, offensive player of the week in the AFC. Khalil Mack defensive player of the week, and Brandon McManus former Temple kicker. That's another mm-hmm. move. Denver let him walk, and he goes to Jacksonville, and he's been really good for Jacksonville. In the NFC, it's McCaffrey. Your guy, Devin Witherspoon, the rookie, yeah, who, who yeah. was phenomenal on Monday. And then uh Jake Elliott. So they're your uh they're all your all worthy. You know, I, I can't argue with any of those choices uh this past week for sure. With, with, let's see, Witherspoon, uh two sacks and a ninety-seven yard INT return. Uh, and a massive hit on a running play. Oh my goodness. Oh that was oh man. that was bone he hits crunch. like a safety. He does, he hits yeah. like a safety. Yep. That was bone yeah. crunching, crunching that, man. Oh, that, was, that was impressive. All right, let's get predictions quickly here. Uh what do you uh, I think Derek they get six innings, two runs from Nola. Six innings, two runs, two run ball for him from him. And the Phillies win and they close it out. What do you think? Miami, let's see. Miami's in dire straight. This is it. As my man Hugh Douglas says, do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Yep. Um, I think Nola has a couple of good innings. He'll be lucky if he gets to the fifth because the Marlins are uh, on him and it will be upon the Phillies bullpen to pull this one out and seal the deal. Okay. Okay. Uh, do they win? Based on the hitting, the way they're hitting right now. Yes. They're going to win this game and put the Marlins out of their misery. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, so that'll do it for us. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. We'll go through the Phillies game too. We'll look ahead to the Eagles Rams a little bit further. That's for sure. I want to thank our guy, Tony Shields, producing the program. Thank you, Tone, as always. Oh! Thank you, everybody in the chat. Appreciate you guys. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. Uh, tell a friend. And again, we're 11 to 2 now. All right. Uh, don't go anywhere. You have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way. Everybody have a great rest of your Wednesday. Gunner and I will see you tomorrow. Take care.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.